Welcome back, everyone, to our X-Men special for the Fake Nerd Podcast. X-Men film special. X-Men film special. Oh, we talk about House of X for another hour? No. <laughs> oh, damn. We are talking about the... This is our, our dedicated special to talking about the X-Men film universe, what we once called the Fox-Men. <laughs> um, I didn't call it that. We, we, we had a whole episode about it once. Um, <laughs> we actually did, he, yeah. Brandon means he titled an episode where we talked about the X-Men films. The oh. Fox-Men discussion. Oh, okay, I gotcha. I did. Um... So this will be about the, you know, what is probably the longest running superhero franchise. For now. For for now. As far as years. Yeah, 19 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, this is the, all the X-Men movies. So full spoilers. I don't know if you care anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, with me, as always, is Ben Magnet. X going to give it to you. Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm here as well. X word. <laughs> Sparks witty. I have no witty things to say at the moment. Um, you can leave now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the door's over there. And joining us for this special... Mike Patola. What's up? What the up? biggest fan of the X-Men I've heard. Oh, my God. Oh, Huge. Totally. Yeah. Almost yeah. as big as Ben with Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost as close. I don't you guys know. never should have told me we're, that. We're, <laughs> <laughs> I regret everything. I love it. Yeah. We're, we're being facetious, but I actually don't know how much attachment you have to the X-Men not in the films. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, if we're just going to start, I, the, my, I grew up with having a, a giant, maybe like 11 by 17 book. That was a a mat like a like a um a cert like you uh, like a Where's Waldo, but it was for X Men. Mm-hmm. I fell in oh, love with it. that book. Uh-huh. I didn't read any of the comics, and I but I, I didn't see the cartoon. It was like '90s X Men, but boy, was that a that was a prized book. <laughs> Got it. I knew what Cyclops. I knew the Cy- I knew all the characters and their power. Didn't know any storylines. Sure. Just, it was just static. It, each page was just huge. Battles. Boy, I could find these characters for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find real yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> but like, know what that like, character oh, looks sto- like. Oh, oh, great. I, so I fell in love with that at first. <laughs> Did you, you know? just like walk through comic stores and then it'd be like, boom, found Cyclops today, walk out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm really into comics. I'm doing this really well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, a lot of my X-Men knowledge came from the cartoon and the Marvel vs. Capcom games. So, oh, yeah. Specifically Marvel vs. Capcom 2 because they put freaking Marrow on the cover. Yeah. I had no idea who she was, but she oh could God. use her bones as like some spike stuff. MVC two is good because they had a lot of weird characters, like like it had like a Sentinel on there, and it yeah, had like the Nightmare. It had like a lot of really like obscure characters. Yeah. So did it ever expand past that book? For I you? mean, did you yes. ever venture I, to the comics? I would I would read some comics here and there, and um, but not too much until I literally after the movies came out, and then I kind of because I was what was the first one ninety nine two thousand two thousand and. Um, and then, like you know, obviously it all kind of got bigger and stuff. And then, yeah, I, I got into the the comics, but I never was like an avid collector. I was a big, I grew up a DC guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I grew up a huge DC guy. And then DC got horrible. Marvel got great. So it was this weird transition. That happens all the time. Yeah, it was they always. Weird, but that was about like yeah. And so now I'm like just burnt. Now with Marvel's Unlimited, I'm just burning through reading sure. old comics Hell and stuff. Yeah, and really enjoy the characters and and especially like how how even the X Men. Um, or uh, like with the Avengers and just they, I mean they're they're so good at crossing through everything now the characters it's not even like a they're they're one piece of a world now yeah it's, sure it's really even hard to keep them like again X Men uh, like know? half of uh, half of the half X-Men are in the Avengers are Avengers yeah. at this point yeah so yeah so so they're not dear to my heart they're not so sure. I have no none of this is like well no because I like this and it should be this way because that's how I remember it like mm-hmm. it's not that it's more just nuts and bolts stuff that bothers me about them okay sure yeah um all right so. Uh, let's get into it. Wait, where, where do, do we want to start? Begin? Do we just start at the beginning? I, I think I'll we start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Yeah. We're just going to go through it. Yeah. My blanket yeah. statement, there's no good X-Men movie. Hard disagree. Oh. Yeah, right. Now you're right? saying, now you're saying um, these are bad films or they're bad X-Men 
movies. A little bit, bit of, of both. both. Now, Got now, it. now, preface, the, I'm talking about X-Men movies. Yeah. Logan uh-huh. is not an X-Men movie. Sure. I would pretty that much That is agree a Wolverine movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. hard agree yeah. that is, you're right. So, if sense. a movie is called X-Men something something, that is an X-Men movie. Uh-huh. If the movie is called Wolverine, he, he's in space, it is not an X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> but X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, it that is an X Men movie. movie. Okay, you know what? it's it's, my, it's still I, I, I wouldn't count it, but it still uh, supports my thesis. So sure, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, also, yeah, it's yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 right. Or I'm I'm I didn't really mean this like I meant it because I the only X Men shirt I have is a Deadpool shirt, and he's just screaming tacos. Right. Here, well, here's Deadpool, the deal: Deadpool, and Deadpool two, really good X Men movies. Right. You know, like they really uh, built the world out. Yeah, right. Especially Deadpool two. Suddenly, this world is like, oh, this world's built it. There's mutants in it. Uh-huh. It's not. Uh, oh, we took 1999 world and X Men are in it. Like that's, I think that's the biggest sin of the X Men yeah. movies. I I don't feel like when we talk today, I don't feel like we need to talk about Deadpool or Deadpool Two. Obviously, I don't feel like we need to talk about Logan because no. everybody loves Logan. Yeah, I don't and think anybody's gonna argue about yeah. it at this table. We don't need to discuss. And those it. movies are it's good fine. too. Uh, yeah. I do think we can touch on the Wolverine and Origins Wolverine though because they are intrinsically tied to other X Men films. Jean Grey <laughs> is in the Wolverine, so yeah. So yes. I so you know Mike started with there's no good X Men movie. Yeah. Um. I think there are more good than bad X Men movies. That's where I stand on on the franchise. I think you could you probably you could talk you could we could talk about two being good, mm-hmm. and so that's that's not right. Yeah, I mean, I can you guess what two those are? X two, and X Men. X Men. No. Oh, X-Men uh, um, Days of Future Past from you. Days yeah. of Future Past. Yeah, mm-hmm. those I, those are two. I those are the two good ones for me. Like the yeah. two ones that those are the would be the best, but then they just have just so many problems. Like, oh, yeah, and in real quick for me, like. I am the 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 only like real hardcore X Men fan here. So from the get go, these aren't X Men movies for me. Thank you. From, oh my gosh. No, Thank like, you so much. From the beginning, like yo, I love Hugh Jackman. He's not Wolverine. That's in my Storm notes. Storm is not the, a character. Cyclops is not a character sure. for a decade. The costumes oh. wrong. Yes. See, so, so Iron Man, when they did Iron Man, they they correctly got the they nailed the tone that yeah. they were able to copy. The first X Men movie is so not. Next movie, it's like, what if it was The Matrix, you guys? Basically, do you want to just make it The Matrix, yeah. and then it screwed up the tone for the rest of the movies? The tones sure. are so wrong in every movie; it's almost a, like it's it's appalling, if you will. They almost got away from that tone, but then Brian Singer came back, yeah, and then kind of reverted oh, okay. back. Because uh-huh. First Class yeah. is a very different type of movie. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, people always bring up First Class as being great, and I it, that drives it's my me favorite. bonkers. Yeah. Really, it's my favorite of the X Men. Oh movies. my gosh, it's. Uh, We're now uh, caught up to the September episode because this is what happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mike found out that Brandon really liked Full oh, that was. Yes, yeah. Oh god! But then we won't talk about. It then it was tangenting. Uh, but y- no, I mean we didn't dig into it. Um, so yeah. where, do you, where do you stand, Sparks, on how many X Men movies? Because this is your first time like on the podcast. Yeah. Look, I think it. I think the major. I think that overall, I can say like they're fine. It's <laughs> um, so what you want in a franchise. Yeah. Uh, eh. X. I I think X Men One is is of its time. But good. I did too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's good. As, as, as the, I think I just as, watched it yesterday. It's totally insane. It is. It is. As the yeah. as the representation of a two like early two thousands really filmed in nineteen ninety nine superhero comic book film that was establishing the genre. Blade. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, X two. But Blade is, wasn't establishing like X2 a universe. X two is no, the yeah. better version of that. Um, and also flawed. Uh, and X Men Three is utter trash. Yeah, and I didn't realize how I like I knew, but I hadn't watched it X-Men's since theaters. Rough. It gets rough. Ooh, really I hadn't fast. watched it since theaters, and I rewatched it. and I'm like, oh boy, it doesn't even that look. Is, it visually doesn't even bad. look good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. X Men: The Last Name is really bad, and I think Days of Future Past is overrated. Okay, that's, that's fair. Okay, but you're not saying it's bad, so I appreciate that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm yeah. saying it's overrated. That's I can under, I can understand that. It's kind of like when people 
claim that you know when people say Black Panther is overrated, overrating is 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 it's as a much, different term. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different term. It's as much about your own sensibilities that, uh, as it is about the quality. Yeah, of the it's, film. it specifically yeah. comes from like I walked out of it going that was pretty all right. I had a lot of people around me going that was the best or that was incredible, and I'm like mm, I don't agree. Pass? Yes, yeah. it's how it's how I always you know I always relate that to Mad Max Fury Road, where everyone sure. around me was saying that Mad Max Fury Road was the greatest thing in the whole universe, but, but, but I, I walked out being like. Okay, but the difference there you, you got Godzilla, you got overhyped you bigger. You, you know? got overhyped going into it. I walked out of the movie the week it came out oh, feeling that way, and everyone around me was still talking it up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't see what you see. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, um, um, I I think um, Charles Xavier and Magneto uh, is the best thing about all of these movies. Really, horribly miscast. Really, oh, you, you're a big fan of the comics, and you think that well, that's for, a good cast for, for Magneto. For what we. <laughs> Okay, like not, what world no, no. is that a good for, cast for, for Magneto? All of the, like, for and all Xavier, of the Xavier's a, an arrogant, young, handsome, slick, like we're doing things, and then we have yeah. like, engage, oh, I like tea, yeah, and yeah. philosophy. But like for they, what they're you cast doing. Picard, you didn't cast... Th- there are so many. There are so the many. Start. There are so many examples, and even in the MCU, where where characters are character and name only. Um, oh, where even, where you, and so like, a lot of them, yeah. Xavier and Magneto... I think work really well for the film that they that they created that they built around That's them. True. Again, That's it, is, true. it is the first X Men and setting up their ideologies. Again, like there are so many, there are decades of Xavier being so many different ways, and like this is a much more like less cool Xavier. That's like you get the cool Xavier in first class. The you get a junkie. <laughs> no, uh, that's, yeah. that's Days of Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. The powerhouse of but Patrick you're right, Stewart. He does, yeah. The powerhouse of Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen playing off each other is a tantalizing idea, and them in those roles is a cool idea, even if they're not necessarily the perfect actors for it. I though agree, at the yeah. time, probably were. Yeah. Um, it nonetheless, I'll still say in all of them that they appear in, they're underutilized. Yeah, 100%. I don't think either of them are allowed to play enough with each other, nor do I think either of them are allowed to explore their characters enough. Patrick Stewart is basically relegated to a throwaway character in X2. That's a good movie. He's still a throwaway. Yeah. One of the problems with um, Xavier is the a problem that the comics fell, fell into He's a too lot. powerful. He's too powerful. Yeah. You've got to get him off the board as quickly as you can, or else what's the point? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a character in X through X3 other than I'm wise. Yeah, yeah, and that, oh. that's the, that. That is a problem, but I think that's less of a problem with the films and more of a problem with X Men in general. Sure. Yeah, oh, and, God, and, and again, so like we, this sorry, isn't see, this it. isn't the MCU, right? So like again, things are so different. So like they had to do like these kind of boring archetypes to like get us to where we can have again, like when Marvel makes the makes the X Men, like that's the X Men we're probably gonna actually well, recognize. What, what are these archetypes you've been talking about in these movies? No, well, they're they're they're, they're boring archetypes. Like Cyclops is like I'm I'm like the straight edge guy, and then is Storm he is the was horribly cast. That's what I mean. Like he's horribly that, cast. See, that, I don't even this, do that right. See, no, that's what I. That's no, what Wolverine's a loner who sucks. He doesn't. Sc- he never screws I, up. He never. That's where I know? agree. That's where I agree with a lot of c- of the complaints about the X Men films is um and the casting of everyone around Wolverine. I look, I love Hugh Jackman. I love Wolverine, but I love that Wolverine. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not a comic book. X Men. Yes, yeah. it is a different. Um, it's a definitely a different character. Yeah. I love. I love that Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but I will say that you know Scott, Gene, um, even Rogue to an extent after X X One, um, they're characterless. <laughs> they're they're just cardboard cutouts of of a character. Not even the characters from the comic, but a character. Scott's not a character at all. 
Yeah, honestly, no. through the three films, and uh, the only I I made a note like the only time James Marsden is allowed to do anything with the character is the one scene in X two when Gene dies and Logan's holding him back, saying Gene's gone, and James Marsden is losing his shit, they, and that's the only time he's allowed to act in these they movies. They don't yeah. even do his powers right. Like it's a like it's a I know it's blast. lame. But this is the lame no. thing. It's a concussive blast. Man. Every movie has I'm a different internet, but it's version. Like, can yeah. we just can we just it's just, this is from a thing. It's like, hey, let's do a Mickey Mouse movie, but he's an alligator. <laughs> and you're like, no, that's not. Again, that's we not what it's uh, from. No, no, no. But we're gonna make him an alligator. It's fine. That's a really good. That's a really good example of what yeah. I tried to say to you about the um, the uh, um, oxygen destroyer in Godzilla. Okay. It is a thing mm-hmm. that makes that is a thing, and you you like, turn it into something else. Yeah, like okay, just have a different character. It's yeah. also like, like from movie to movie. It's just like how how hot do we want his beam to be, or do we need him to cut through something? Which is not that's not the point. How, of it. Uh, like yeah. again, we watch X Men Origins Wolverine, where but, Scott blows but, through an entire school. Uh-huh. That's it's a blast. They're writing this. Yes, you can just make it up and make it be right. I don't. It's not like oh, we had to change this because we. I don't think no, they, just they make it right. Just don't write. Enough. Don't that, write. That, that has to a, cut through something. I think the. I think you know. This goes back to what I what I said in the car. You know, the people who write these X Men movies, outside of maybe Matthew Vaughn, never really read the comics. They read a comic or two. So I I was telling Ryan that I think we're lucky in a sense of what you do like in the films is there because most of these films are clearly studio rolling the dice on whatever they really want and even the few times where Matthew Vaughn or James Mangold have gotten to come in and have a vision that they are clearly expressing you still feel studio interference in most cases I think the only one that really truly escaped it is Logan yeah yeah yeah, and that's a like even the Wolverine has time it. Kind of movie. The Wolverine yeah. does have it. I, I, will, I will to this day defend the the third act of the Wolverine uh, as something I enjoy, but it it is studio interference yeah. to a T. Uh huh. And I and wait, that's like right. when they're fighting Deadpool. No, the, no, the no, Silver Sabre. No, no, the Wolverine. The wo- oh, sorry, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. My apologies. The the like, the oh, middle okay. the middle Wolverine. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Wolverine. <laughs> up until Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which Dark Phoenix, uh, if you listen to our Dark Phoenix um, episode. It was a movie I found to be enjoyable, but not it's not great, not good, yeah. but it's enjoyable enough. Um, outside of uh, Before Apocalypse, I only ever said there were two bad X-Men movies, and that was the Wolverine, Wolverine Origins and um, uh, Last Dance. Well, see, these aren't, yeah. And those those two films are atrocious and hard to watch. Those are actually bad movies. Like, well, yeah. yeah, yes. I mean, I think what, now I'm going to throw this out there. So when I say there's no good X-Men movies, um, but we all, we all have these things we like, see, because there's, they have really they have one have one good scene. All X two, not a good movie. But man, Nightcrawler in the White House. Dude, Nightcrawler <laughs> was really Nightcrawler cool. In the White House I love I like it was really good. Yeah. And they started with it. And yeah. they started with it. Also, oh man, when they attacked also the Also I do uh, think X two is a good movie. That that's too bad. I um, <laughs> that, that's like X two is like the one for me where like I think X two is like the best X Men movie too. Like the best of what like the X Men are trying to represent and what they mean. Uh, again, the characters are where are they? <laughs> no, but I, I I told you you know if I if if you were to it's an impossible task, but if you were to make a top ten greatest comic book movies of all time, like objective greatest comic book movies of all Jeez. time, I do think X two would be on that list. Whoa! I I would a top ten. Yeah, I would put it maybe like a ten. Really, I'd have to really, really think about after it. all this, after mm-hmm. all the the Marvel because I don't arc think and I don't. Thi- I don't think I don't think 70% of the MCU films would even rank in the top 10 of the of of, a, of a, an objective top 10. What this is, is objective? This, this this what we just stumbled that's the, upon but that's is a great conversation. No, but I mean like yeah. what is objective? Yeah, like for another What is objective? It's just, you know, you take the the like, the baseline interests of the entire world. 
And I, I'm not saying I know what. No, that I know is. you're yeah. not. I know you're not. I just don't understand what the definition of objective would be like from filmmaking standards. From like, I don't know what objective oh, yeah. is. And ob- uh, I would say, I would, I would say, an objective opinion would be the baseline opinion that that a majority, a like true, but like ninety to ninety five percent majority of the people hold. That would X2? be to me would be an objective opinion. X two has a lot of love. Yeah, it has right. a lot of love. Cool, cool. I think cool. the I think the villain is the best villain in the entire Striker? franchise. Yeah, Brian Cox is is like so good and so and so like. I think he's great. I think Brian Cox really works in that movie. I think Striker really works in that movie. I think they should have stopped using Striker after that movie. <laughs> if again, like we talked about in the car, if they didn't use him like too many times, if he showed up again in which one he talked about, if he showed up in Days of Future Past, of Future if Past, he had only shown up in Days of Future Past and not in Origins yes. Wolverine. See, like, it's just it just I think X two is falter uh, it's falter from taking the same tones from the first x-men movie which was just started horribly like i i god i just want i want wolverine in his costume not teased at the end in a deleted scene like i want just him in his costume yeah i want i want cyclops i never i don't want to see cyclops's hair i want to i want the visor i want him in the blue like it's so it's so great to have that i never wanted to see a hugh jackman in that cost in that uh, no i want joe rogan needs to play the wolverine (laughs) like you need this short crazy thing that's Like, like he's not the best actor, but like that's the type. A, Wolverine is not a lead character. He's a character in the back that's just like, Gah, meh. and all the comics, he's just, I don't know. Don't worry about it. I'm leaving. And we all love him for that, not, I have a troubled past, Charles. Can you help me through it? Charles, the, I don't know. The X-Men, I don't know. The X-Men <laughs> movies. Oh, my God. What's happening? The X-Men movies really, because, you know, Brian Singer really liked Hugh Jackman, really liked Wolverine. Oh, um, did he? Yeah. Oh, did? Oh, did? Oh, 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 good. Oh, good. I'm because glad they of got that, along to him. <laughs> because of that, the X-Men, uh, the X-Men films quickly do- dove into the problem that the Marvel comics fell into in the 90s with, with Wolverine. We started to see a lot more Wolverine and a lot more of his backstory was revealed and a lot more of what... Hey, did you guys know uh, Wolverine had a traumatic past? You never would have guessed. Yeah, never would have thought no, of that. Wouldn't have thought and so the, so Killed the movies, a few people. <laughs> so the movies went hardcore into that yeah, whereas right? it took the comics like 40 years before they before they. Origins came out in the 2000s. Yeah. Well, Wolverine didn't have an origin until like bef- after the movie came out. That's no, <laughs> Wolverine Origins existed. Oh, sorry, not sorry, sorry, not Wolverine Origins. I'm sorry, X Men. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, they're teasing the stuff in like X Two, and like it, Origins came out in like 2004, 2005. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, it's a lot of Wolverine guys. I don't. Know, yeah. It's it's weird. A lot that of they Wolverine. Kept, they, it's it's so unfortunate that the storylines were always Wolverine's past and not his future because it's 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 kind of like we were saying before. Where it's like, yeah, you know, I know. It's like, oh my god, how did? Oh, did they turn the Wolverine into a weapon? Yeah, yeah. no, I know they did. I just watched him stab like thirty special ops guys. I know yeah, that. He, I know this. I know. I know. Oh, they put metal on his skeleton. Yes, I know. I saw it. Like it, it d- drives me nuts that they keep like just going in the past and all these things. It's like, can we move forward? And what's with and I want. I want to real quickly. Um, I really. We all don't like X Men Origins Wolverine. That movie's god awful. Um, I really hate that that movie revealed the bone claws, and that movie exists in general because I feel like the the final fight scene in the Wolverine would have a lot more impact if you see his claws get get uh, cut off. Oh yeah, and then they grow back as bones, and that's the first time we see him with the bone claws. That would be cool. I yeah. thought that would have been really yeah, cool reveal. Sure. That was a good reveal in uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah, mm. yeah I will when say he doesn't have it yet. And you're like, oh, see yeah. here, oh. Look here, we're, we're yeah. doing Things a thing are different. that's not yeah, like right. you know. Uh, watching 
of all the X-Men movies I had time to watch, I decided to watch X-Men Origins Wolverine because I hate myself. Uh, but <laughs> I still think the opening of that movie, like the first 10, 15 minutes are still okay. Like, it's, like the montage of him in the wars, uh, the stuff in Vietnam, uh, even <sighs> up to even up to going to the place with the adamantium. Yeah. Like, uh, you start to notice when like, you have the the team. Which I was team. So we were watching it, and I was telling you, I'm like, if the whole movie was about him being part of this team oh, with right? Wade Wilson right, and Sabretooth, yeah. I'd be into this. And movie. I was I was laughing at the Deadpool okay. jokes. I'm like, of course, Ryan Reynolds, like this, it's he loves Deadpool. This is him being Deadpool way before he's okay. Deadpool. All the guys are dead. Yeah, I want to <laughs> know who was like, hey, you guys. I have Will I Am's phone number. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. okay, listen to me. Listen to me. This isn't a game, Logan. I can, I can call him up. All right. It was Fergie. You guys, you guys say the word. I'll call him up. We can get him in this movie. So bad. Yes, we can get in this movie. Like um, this is what I mean. Where and I, again, I stand by that I don't like any of these. And all I'm hearing from you guys is like, oh, this one. It was really okay. The first one. like <laughs> these are these aren't ringing. Hey, but here's the thing. Like, it's like it's I, comfortable. This is it's com- it's this it's it's, just, it's okay it's for some it, movies to be just mac okay. and cheese from Red Lobster. Hey, I love mac right? and cheese, man. Like, and you're like, this is good. <laughs> like, 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 so like, Mike, right, here's the thing. Like, ah, it's got the cheese and the noodles. In hindsight, right, lobster? we're we're 15, almost 20 years removed. You know, when when in, ni- in 2000, when X Men came out. Like at the time, like that was like revolutionary. Like, it's like, whoa, this is it's an X Men movie. Whoa, the one, 20 the years later, punch of X Men and Spider Man. Yeah. are the only reason why we have the MCU. Yeah, yeah. and now yes. we have the MCU, oh, yeah, I'll take that. I'll and take we're that. we're so lucky to have like actual adaptations that are straight from the comics while being actually good movies too. We like so it's easy. F- it's like I understand everything you're saying, but like. Well, I, th- not, I think those movies. It's not necessarily that I, that I that I think I think all of us are are in agreement on it to a to an extent, um, and I, it's the same thing I said about Captain Marvel. Like your mileage is going to vary on these types of films. If mm-hmm. they give you what you're looking for, which mm-hmm. is for the most part, a lot of these films gave me what I was looking for. It may not be. They may not be. Although I do think a lot of them are great. Um, well, good, too great. Um, I, I they they gave me what I was looking for, and mm-hmm. I do really enjoy them for that. But yeah. if they're not giving you what you're looking for, then they're, then yeah. you're not going to enjoy them. Yeah, the, yeah. And so for me, it was just such a a, a hard swing and a miss. I mean, just um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said with that, you like seeing them through all the wars, like you know. Uh, I would, yeah, like oh, that, that was you saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I like that too, and then but really I don't. And this, but my point is, so the Simpsons, right? Simpsons did it. No, the Simpsons. I felt the Simpsons kind of started jumping the shark when um, McBain, Werner Wolfcastle, turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I liked the facsimile of what they were doing. So, uh, so, um, and this is why I didn't like the first X Men movie. It's a little heavier stuff. It's like it starts with a concentration camp. Yes, and I don't know. And while I, you can do whatever you want, I don't know if it's responsible or even where that's coming from to 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 hang your hat on that maybe this was 1999 like pre-9-11 world or what have you but to have that and then to have we're gonna use this machine to turn all the senators into mute like it's like wait it is totally all over the place yeah wait magneto's the bad guy what what are you telling me like what's happening we're not even expl- are we we're kind of exploring this trauma I think but the, to, to kick off with that not to yeah. like, to, to have it a a line to have it a a whispered backstory amongst fans to sure. have it be um you know something where it's like uh alluded to through Charles and oh oh of course I guess I could see where but to have that that to have it there uh-huh. to show us this 
And then to it's like, oh, I don't know, you guys. This is, and then that tone is carried through, you know, everything. I think the Holocaust thing is actually better handled in first class. I I, I think so too. Because in first class, I think there is a there is a more important through line to Eric's relationship to um, Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian yeah, Shaw. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he is actively hunting Nazis. I think there's a more important through line to the character of Eric because of the, the Holocaust. I think it's more built into the fr- into the film. I agree if you took out them there. Mm-hmm. If he was hunting Nazis, I would... Th- for me, this is for me, of, of course. Of course, you know, yeah. Everyone love whatever you want. That's not what I'm doing. Um, sure. Um, that, like, because everyone always says, well, it should have been Magneto Nazi Hunter. I love... Oh, man, when he's Magneto... But the child and the mother and the mutant powers, it's like, what? This is blurry and muddy, and I don't like it. I so really like Sebastian Stahl's German accent for some reason. That's what I mean. To go from, to go from like, the quarter scene and stuff and his mom being murdered, and he's in a concentration camp and hunting Nazis to, to, uh, uh, to Jennifer Lawrence. Your we name's all, yeah, Magneto. We, we should all have code names. I agree. Wait, I, you're Eric. That is what I agree with. You're, you do yeah. magnets. You're Magneto. I was in the Holocaust. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Can you yeah. not call me Magneto, please? <laughs> right. like, do you have any idea what you're even talking to me about, Jennifer Lawrence? Right. I actually think that no, I don't. I can change skin, and it's just, it's uncomfortable funny, funny for me to be I in society. Like, whoa, whoa, let's slow down. I think what the we're tonal about. shifts are actually bigger in first class because it does have a lighter tone yes. than the original X Men. That's and what, that's my problem with that movie. Yeah, and, and I, your name's Magneto. Yeah, like, like what? And you I think yeah, yeah, yeah. there is an amount of like irresponsibility in relation to the allegory you are trying to draw from especially tricky. in first it's class is guilty of it because you and I were talking about in the car that they make uh, the two diverse characters of the team either change sides or, or die. die in the exact same moment mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and turn it into tricky. an all white slash blue cast yeah and yes. it's and it's it's and so uh, when I brought up Deadpool earlier it's that's why I like the the facts the facsimile works when you're trying to do these heavy things in the Deadpool there's that there's that prison that's that's a mutant prison you know like they're all in the, like it's like oh okay like the the orphanage like oh okay these are things that I can allude to and it works within this world and I don't have to be like oh yeah 9/11 you guys remember 9/11 9/11 was horrible now an X-Men story so like holy shit you guys my, I me, yeah. my largest problem with the X-Men films overall and the reason why I like the show The Gifted so much in season 1 or why I like the ones like Logan is that in a lot of the X-Men films the setting Mm-hmm. is political disarray over mutants versus humans. The context is not about that. The context is not exploring that concept ever. Not actually. That's why not like in any too. relation where it's actually the characters going toe-to-toe about it. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. Because it's it. always, always again, why I like House of X, it's always mu- ends up being mutants versus mutants. Yes. Well, that's why I like X2. It is actually like they have to kind of combine forces. Yeah, that's we, why I like X2 a lot. Yeah. And it's never, there's never, I don't know, these, these movies never do anything clever. It's just who can punch harder. It's yeah. It just who shows up. It's sure. There's no, there's no the, creative problem solving. The, like in the early X-Men comics, it's all really interesting. While cheesy, creative problem solving. And there's mystery. But the bummer mm. is that like the X-Men films still hold that as like the major overtone setting of everything is yeah. humans versus mutants, and that's a problem. Yeah. But X2, while good, isolates it as it's this one dude who has a mutant vendetta. It's not all humans because he tricks all the humans into agreeing with him. That's the story. Yeah. He tricks all the humans into saying, you're right, yeah. mutants are bad. He sets it up, and so it's like, no, humans yeah. are bad. It's, it's not. It's, it's still not actually going into its concept of, like, what if, on the ground, humans and mutants don't agree, which is what The Gifted did really well. Again, it's 
it's the fundamental core of the X-Men from the comics, but like they don't explore it at all. Well, so X- that's why they need the change, I think. Well, going, ba- going back to what I was saying, you know, and Kevin Feige's, you know, we can take his words for face value if we want to or not, but, you know, he says we're not going to do, do the same thing as they did before. Um, and we know he has an, an almost allergic reaction to doing stuff that has been done before. Sure. Um, <laughs> but when, when the X-Men films started... They were done by a guy, same thing with J.J. Abrams, who did Star Trek 09. This, these are people who have not read these books. These are people who are not entrenched in They were hired property. to make a movie. They were hired to make a movie. And because they kept going back to Singer, especially because he, come, he came back for Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, they could never get away from Singer. They could never they could never break that mold. And then Simon Kinberg stayed on board as, as creative producer, and he was also in the same way. You could never do anything more interesting because they never had the idea to, because they never read, read anything new. Yeah. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, the thing there that really gets me is is that regardless of reading the comics or not, you're setting, you, you are in a sense, in many ways, the setting is a political discussion that the films are supposed to be having, but they don't do the character work to explore it. The Wolverine's really good to me because it is a character exploration piece about a guy dealing with the fact that he murdered somebody he loved. Mm. Regardless of the fact that I don't like X3 that much, mm-hmm. and that didn't leave much impact with me, he is haunted by the fact that he had to go and do that, and he, it's all of his life finally catching up with him, and he's like, I need to step the heck away, and then he gets pulled into this other thing I in agree Japan, about, and he's processing I through it. I completely agree with that. That's a character piece. Logan, we also love. Character piece. It's focused on that. X3 doesn't work for me because Jean isn't a character. Oh, that's no. why that's so bad. Oh, it's it's like she's, it's such a disservice. She's to she's a tool for the script and everything. Yeah, that's that's all that X Men Days of Future Past. The reason why I find that overrated is because by the end of it, it is mutants versus mutants, just like you said, Ryan. And there's a Brian Singer cameo that's they, just the worst. There is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's you're like okay, that. you're not Alfred Hitchcock. Relax. You're not M Shyamalan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they throw out they throw out the whole what could have been interesting about the discussion of humans versus mutants still again becomes it's this one guy's vendetta. He's using this one incident to push it. It's not about what's happening in between uh, the characters' interactions. Why is this so personal to them? Um, This is why, (laughs) controversial thing, one of my favorite scenes in all the X-Men films is from X-Men Apocalypse. And it's the scene where Magneto is running through the woods with his wife and his oh, child. That's a great scene. Because yeah. the people who he worked with have found out he's a mutant and they're hunting him down. But at the same time, when they get there, they don't immediately open fire because they're conflicted. That you, is human you, conflict you, you, about. That's a good scene. I'm talking about how that's so much better uh, metaphorically and than just hitting him over, being hunt. Oh, people, our friends, yes. And so, like, the guy is there and he's saying, don't do this. You know, like, uh, we, we just want to bring you in. Like, don't make us shoot. And one guy shoots, and it goes wrong. And all of them are upset that they hit yeah. the daughter yeah. and not Magneto. All of them are upset about it. And that kind of, like, that kind of tearing at you, like, I, I don't want mutants, but this guy's worked with me. He saved one of our lives. He's our friend. That's one of my favorite scenes in all the X-Men films because that's what this whole oversetting that they want of political disarray mm-hmm. should be showing. That's why The yeah. Gifted, like you mentioned, is so good. Because it has season humans one. working with mutants, mutants against mutants. Season one of The Gifted. Yeah. Season, season one, so yes. Like, I mean, to your point, yeah, it's, that's, that's brilliant and chilling, and it's, it's one good Scene. scene. Oh yeah, yeah no. That's I, all the, the uh, unfortunately it's I don't like, like that movie, but yeah. I love that but scene. I love that scene. It's the, I want to talk about movies. real quick uh 
a character that I think is the only one of the only really good translations and then turns into the worst translation. I want to talk about Mystique because in the original X-Men movies, Mystique's awesome. And Mystique oh, yeah. is a badass. Oh my gosh. And and I really like, again, in X3, the bad movie, the second Mystique turns human, Eric leaves her. That mm-hmm. was so awesome. Because that's what he would no, do. Not only that, uh, what I don't like about it is that Mystique decides because Eric left me because I was cured. To turn. I will throw everything I ever believed in in the yes. cause under oh, the bus. They even say the worst thing, never, uh, hell hath no fury like, like a, a woman. woman. Yeah. You're like, That's Jesus, bad. you guys. That's bad. That, so, that, that is bad, but I think Ryan, right, it's a really good moment that Eric just like, well, be your human. Screw you. Yeah, that no, that no, I was no. fine with. Also, he walks away he's like, such a shame. She was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. But actually, Ryan, because you and I watched X-Men, the first X-Men film last night. We did. After we were done watching Raiders. And <laughs> as I was watching the first X-Men movie, I'm like, damn, Mystique is a effing badass in yeah. X1 and X2 because I well in my memories I have a lot of memories of the newer X-Men films First Class Days of Future Past They're Apocalypse the newer ones, yeah. Dark Phoenix I do not think Jennifer Lawrence has been a good mystique no she's what's she I, good in name the movie she's good in uh, Winner's Bone she won an Oscar for it she won an Oscar for Winner's Bone that's, the, that's like the she first did. movie that she got famous for oh that sucks I, I think so I think Mystique <laughs> interestingly enough um, I, I thought, actually thought, think the direction they went with Mystique in, in First Class is a good starting point, but because between First Class and Days of Future Past, her star power grew so large, they gave her a larger point. I think Days of Future Past is where that starts to falter. Yeah, um, even in um, worse in days of, in even in another days. show, um, not the original cartoon, X Men Evolution. Do you guys remember that? Hell TV yeah, show? I do. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Mystique was the principal, and she was a hard ass. Yeah. She was all. I mean, she was always a badass in that show. But she was also like, you do. I mean, because all the kids they didn't know that she was their principal. So, and even in these movies, Mystique is like Mystique for me. Um, in the um X one and X two, she is like top tier X Men character. She hardly speaks. Like I will always remember the scene in X two where she um she lulls that guy, that um that security officer. Yes, with the iron. Yeah. yeah, she knocks him out and injects the iron because she's like. X2, All the breakout right, yeah. sequence yeah. in X2 yeah. is real good, too. So good. Right? Should have killed me, man. The chance, Charles. There's too much but, iron in your blood. Yeah. Man. Like, I, oh, man, I had a point. But yeah, they kind of Mystique's bastardized cool. Mystique in. Um, they gave her. They kind of bastardized her in the later X Men films. I'm just saying she shouldn't be like a leader of the X Men. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Has yeah. she ever joined the X Men in the comics? Or no. no? Uh, she does uh, much like a Sabretooth, like an anti hero, anti villain thing, but she's not a hero character. Because obviously Magneto joins the X Men. She eventually. is mutant and proud forever. Yeah. So, um, touching on that, X2, uh, one of the weirdest scenes, always been weird to me, doesn't work for me. Mystique going into Logan's tent. Oh, right. And she's like, you want to bang Famica Jensen? How about Cyclops? Yeah. How about, how about Storm? How about Charles? Yeah. How about Storm? How it's, about this inanimate and the carbon rod? It, the reason it bothers me so much is because how about yourself? it contextually only exists in that scene. There's no setup to it prior to that scene. There's no ramifications or exploration of it for either of the characters past that oh, scene. Yeah. It's just super strange. These movies aren't... I don't, I don't get it. I'm not sure, I, mean, I don't, don't get not it. Not to get into it, but these movies aren't terribly kind to women. No, they aren't. Like, no. holy cow. Oh, God. Like, holy cow. So, uh, they never ever dive into the idea that Nightcrawler is, is Mystique's. That's, that's a, yeah. But no. like, also, but like, but they, they don't talk in, about Juggernaut and Xavier being related. But no. they bring in Azazel well, in, ex, in First Class. But they're later on. Wait, it's his, I mean, in the, well, yeah, but so, okay, yeah. In, in, right. in, in, in yeah. First Class, they bring in Azazel, and I thought that was their way of saying, hey, this is, you know, Azazel and Mystique, they make Nightcrawler. 
No, nope. they didn't no, care. They, they don't care. No. They, they just wanted another mic crawler. Credit. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah, but going back what you said, Mike, about how they're not too afraid of women, when I was growing up, Storm was my, besides Wolverine, Storm was my favorite X-Woman. Talk or about X-Men. a disservice to a character. Oh, God. I, I must, I, it's been years since I last saw X-Men. Watching X-Men last night, Ryan pointed out, I was like, hey, did, has Storm said anything yet? It wasn't until like halfway through the movie and the scene with the Senator Kelly on the slab where she finally has... She just always shows up halfway in frame like, don't forget I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And Halle Berry... And one of my favorite parts about Days of Future Past was Halle Berry coming back as Storm. But then we get uh, Apocalypse and Storm's part of the uh, the Four Horsemen. I'm like, no? They, right. just, they, Why? Just, they Why? just hate everything. Yeah. So uh, I told the guys about this in the car. There is a graphic novel adaptation of the X-Men film. Right. The 2001. <laughs> oh, no, so here's what's, post here's what's interesting, world. though. Uh, that graphic novel adaptation came out the same time as the film, so it's based off the original version of the script. In the graphic okay. novel, when they're doing the opening, they do an exploration of Storm in Africa when she's young, uh, at the same time that they're doing the, the stuff uh, uh, right after Eric's stuff in the Holocaust. They do it to build up three different narratives, and then it goes to Gene telling the story of different mutants and what they've gone through in the world at the press conference we see at the beginning uh, or, you know, the mm-hmm. meeting that's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. The and UN then, and then later on in the film, or sorry, in the graphic novel version of the, that's based off the script, there's a whole section where it's uh, Gene and Scott having a conversation about Logan. Uh, it's focused on their relationship and what this means. They are isolated in a, ro- in a room without him. And Storm also comes in to kind of make a case for why he's important. Also an interesting thing in this graphic novel, I just went through it like real quick, the picking out the pieces that didn't look familiar, didn't look like they came out from the movie. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, characters who don't speak are speaking. Um, <laughs> and there's a part yeah. where they have, they have the theory of like Magneto must want him for something. They think that Magneto wants Logan for his adamantium that they want okay. to, that he wants to utilize the adamantium in his bones for something and they because they're trying to figure it out and i'm just like there's interesting ideas here that just never made it to the film yeah to like explain why they were doing things in uh, character development. like how you're explaining how there was interesting things that they just didn't put in the film but that's but that's <laughs> my this is really good you want to put in my the film? Nah, my point my point yeah, being yeah. like studio interference yeah. how much did the studio take away from what might have been a more engaging oh, I, oh yeah x-men probably, probably fi- property and in all cases i think this happens um yeah, I you know what I I questioned the idea back then of how much was studio because yes. a lot of it, a lot of it just there wasn't as much studio interference as we've just, seen with franchises as we've seen now. Plain old incompetence, just Actually, classic yeah, incompetence. Just like, I, I do think it's just classic incompetence because sure. we see a lot of studio interference now because they want to build safe franchises, make billions. They need of to dollars. make billions, of, yeah. But back then, that wasn't necessarily the case. When X Men was coming out, they were just like, well, it's a comic book. Comic books do okay. The biggest thing that I think the studios were guilty of with the X-Men films is knowingly wanting to build a franchise out of it, yet never following through on pieces. They'd set up a next thing and then completely pivot and ignore what they'd set up before in order to go down a different avenue because they thought it would be edgier or better or whatever it was at the time that they decided to make that By the time they decided to franchise X-Men, like I'm talking about after Last Stand, which we talked about like Last Stand and the one-two punch of Last Stand and Origins would have killed any other franchise. Sure. But uh, the fact that it didn't, and they realized that they want to franchise in the same way that Marvel want that Mar- the Marvel Studios was franchising, like they wanted to franchise. By that point, uh, that's when I feel like the sins are as egregious as what we're saying. Like they they the decade plan starts. <laughs> the the plan of like, well, franchise it, I guess. 
Yeah. And then that's just been but the, the thing, mantra. And the thing is, like, once they started to franchise it, it's not like they have a Kevin Feige. It's like, I made the comparison to you guys. Uh, sure. They it, have a Brian Singer. They have a, they not have, even. They he, have a he Simon Kinberg. Too. They have a Simon Kinberg. But even, like... Uh, I lost it. Just kidding. No, you were going to say that it's like uh, oh, a six-issue series yes. where each issue was written by a different writer. And it's just like, hey, your oh. issue is going to be like the Dark Phoenix thing. And it's like, cool, I'll int- I'll set up the Dark Phoenix in space introduction thing. Wait, what do you mean you teased Dark Phoenix at the end of the last movie? I didn't write for that. Yeah. That's, that's what, what it feels that's like. Interesting. Like a bad handoff. Like yeah. a bad Olympic handoff. Yes. Yeah. Ah, ah it's so frustrating. Mission, yeah. Mission Impossible does it better. Yeah, oh my God, sure those, it does. Boy, did those movies get good. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's just the last this. one, my jaw was dropped in the theater. And I was like, these have always been good, but what is? how are they how getting did, better? Every time. time. Like, I'm like, this is, that was such a good movie. Hell yeah. Yes. 100%. Oh, sorry. We're getting off of X-Men and starting talking about good movies. My <laughs> I, lo- I uh, can talk about Mission Impossible all day. Um, oh, yeah. X- Welcome to the Mission Impossible. Ta- yeah. Okay, <laughs> I need to leave then because I haven't seen any of the films. So. When you oh, brought God. up. Man, when you brought up uh, how oh shush, uh, you knew that I forgot. Uh, when you brought up how women are mistreated so poorly, I thought of something that just stood out so hard to me, and it's it's part of a bigger issue I've talked about with the X Men films before. In X Men Three, there is one character who's part of this new leather wearing goth, lots of tattoos because that's how they show that they're mutants. Uh, group who joined the Prince. Brotherhood. I really hate that. That that's something that Brian Singer brought to the table a lot from X Men Three and on. Whenever the like new mutants came in, they were just like their identity is their power. They have no character outside of it, and their look is black oh, right? and Days gothic of and lots that. of tattoos, yeah. Yeah. lots yeah. of tattoos. Days of Future Past, they're Apocalypse. They're trying to. So there's one where there's a female who is very much set up to be like trans in appearance, yes. and it's very much designated as other, and she's a bad guy. And I'm like, this is really not okay. So one of the oh. things, sorry, Ben, real quick. So one of the things that reminds me of is um, Transformers. We talked about a little bit about the Transformers films, how uh, Michael Bay doesn't obviously doesn't know anything about the Transformers franchise. He will just kind of be like, okay, you're blah, 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 you're blah, blah, blah. And they show no, no characteristics of the character of the, the namesake that they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, X-Men is a similar thing. For example, in X3, the guy who has spikes that come out of his body for whatever reason. Uh, spike? Uh, spike. Uh, yeah. No. No? Not Spike? That's not Spike. Isn't Spike in Evolution? I'm sorry. No, actually, that's what yeah. I was just about to say. What's his name then? So I, the, he he shares a name with a character in the comics. I'm sorry, I, I I didn't look it up uh, beforehand. Um, I I just I just remember seeing this. Mm-hmm. He does share a name with a character who actually whose mutant power is manipulate fire. Oh, so the, the pyro? What he no? <laughs> Pyro's there, in that movie. There are yeah. other mutants that do that. Oh. Uh, there so so because they because what Brian's saying was like okay you're blah 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 you're blah 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 you're blah 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 like he just kind of throws names yeah, yeah. at actors and then sure. they just kind of give them they have like a power generator and like if you yeah. get lucky mm-hmm. uh, go ahead Ben yeah, yeah. one of the things I was gonna I want to talk about is how a lot, especially the later films how the X-Men franchise has disappointed me with like unfortunately my expectations when I first saw X2 and uh, like Jean, like when I saw Jean Grey's eyes go red I'm thinking oh crap they're doing the Phoenix next movie we're getting the Phoenix and I was really excited as I mean you weren't wrong yeah but I was excited I was excited for the Phoenix and then um, my dad and my brother like we have no idea what that is I'm like oh I read this one X-Men book I know what that is and um, then I was watching I was also watching Evolution at the time and Spike was a character I really liked. And I, once I saw the trailers for X3, I saw a dude with Spike's so I was That looks out like him. Spike? Yeah. yeah. I thought, holy shit, it's, it's Spike. Spike. We just read Wolverine and the X-Men. That Spike yeah. kid is supposed to be Kid Omega. What? Kid Omega is Quentin Choir, who's a telepath. Oh, is that what it was? It was a telepath. Oh, that's that's the furthest. Because wow. wow. we just read an X-Men comic with Quentin Choir, okay. Kid Omega, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is a Charles Xavier character mm-hmm. type. Uh, 
not a spiky character. So that, yeah, so what? that's what I was telling you is that he they kind of like throw. Yeah. That's the, but also that's awful. But what I was going for was how disappointed I was because they were setting up something or they were showing me something that I linked to other media, like it be it comics or it be it books or it be it the television show. And I'm like, oh, they're bringing in this character I really like, name only or empower only, and then they screw it up. Another big yeah right ben, before you st- before no, but I want to give you want to give you help here. Um, the uh, I'm sorry. I the totally help's gone. Oh, my gosh. You just, Damn, you just want to take him out at the knees. I was right, coming in for right, coming I, back you up. Kind of finish? Yeah. yeah. But, not only, <laughs> but not only that, another thi- another disappointing thing that really gets me, especially with the newer X-Men films, comes at the end of Apoc- Apocalypse. It's where we see the classic co- costumes for the X-Men. We oh, see right. Mystique in her oh, classic white. End. We see Cyclops in his classic costume. We see costumes. them all in their costumes that we know and love. They look good. Dark Phoenix? Lane. I'm sorry, but those costumes suck. Look, I hate. Th- they were still comic accurate. I, was, I will always go back to that the is fact fine. they were comic accurate. Sh- comic know, accurate, it's like, fine. It's like making the one ring a bracelet. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's jewelry, right? <laughs> what about? Like, no, this is really important. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, Yes, Brandon, the, they are comic accurate. Points for that. But at the, at the same time, they suck and I hate them. So what I was, th- was going to oh, say, boy. one of the things, so the Phoenix Saga, The Last Stand specifically, Turned Blah. Dark Phoenix into Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Yeah, it's something I've always said. Oh, okay. It's something, yeah. it's something I, I noticed wow. the last. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I noticed it last time I watched uh, the the like one of the. No, you're 100 percent correct. Like 10,000 percent correct. They, oh, yeah, yeah. Man. It's the same outfit. Well, same yeah. color scheme, same power set. They turn the Dark Phoenix into Scarlet Witch, and you see it. You see it because it was with Magneto. Like for whatever reason, they were like, "Well, I guess we don't really need a Scarlet Witch. We have this thing." Do you think it was originally written for a Scarlet Witch, or I don't like, think or so. like it was dusted off or something and retrofitted? Because that's interesting. So here's the thing. So that's interesting, right? Because yeah, I don't. That fits I, way too House well. House of M yeah. came out in like the mid, like earlier before this movie, where Scarlet yeah. Witch did no more mutants and stuff, right? So yeah, like yeah. she's a very prominent character at this time. I wouldn't be surprised. Like Jean's the main focus, but like I wouldn't be surprised if like it's they tried one, to work that in. It is 100 percent deliberate because they would. They, you don't do that if you're if you're not doing it on purpose. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why that is. It doesn't make any sense for it to be Scarlet Witch, but it's meant to be her. If for whatever reason, they just kind of like Scarlet Witch there, Sorry, Dark yeah. Phoenix there. I, and again, I, boop, boop, I, I, the idea because Magneto is the one who pushes Scarlet Witch to create the House of M, which is the House of Magnus, where the, where he's the leader of the world basically. So like him taking Jean as like an apprentice seems very Scarlet Witchy. So like I, I actually wouldn't be shocked yeah. if we're like, oh no, that needs to be Jean Grey. We set her up in the last movie. Oh, she's dead. Bring her back to life. Make her the Phoenix. Yeah. What? Just do it. It's fine. Just maybe. Uh, yeah. Simon Kingbird loves it. I definitely have a few more things I want to go into, but we're nearing an end of our 10-minute time with Mike. So yeah. I want Mike to jump in with anything he has left he wants oh to say. Oh, my gosh. In this. Oh, my gosh. You're so kind. Okay. Well, I just, I'll just i just go down my notes. Sounds good. How about we do the Mike's, Mike's X-Men notes? Yes. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> and we'll, some stuff will we'll, be reiterated. We'll, we'll respond and react, it will, it will uh, and you can listen to I'm it saying. later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian Singer is a monster. That's the first That's thing. That's true. 100%. True story. <laughs> like, oh, great. Um, concentration camp, question mark. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, because the tone is just completely wrong from the start. Um, I have a uh, Hugh Jackman miscast, but we like totally overwent that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jackman is miscast. Um, Hugh Jackman. I, I, Huge. I know people lean into this, but the it's the 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 weird social commentary. I always thought was completely misguided and unnecessary. Um, it, it, it's like we they always say like, well, you know, you know, X Men were about Martin Luther King and Malcolm, and I'm, I'm always like, is that true and people say it is and i didn't live through that time but like the more i would learn and read about everything in the world i'm like i hope not like that's crazy <laughs> sure but but if that's an allegory that you need during the time fine i guess yes. I, I couldn't you know but then it, we get into like 
uh, gay rights and now women's rights. And it's like, I, I, I don't think the X-Men needs to always represent an underclass. That's why I'm saying they felt stagnant for the last yeah, couple decades. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating because like, it's always, it's, it's, it, the allegory is like, are mutants dangerous? And we're supposed to be like, no. And it's like, well, I just watched one shoot knives out of its its uh, uh, knuckles and <laughs> killed 30 people. And it's it's hammered, just drunk. You're like, <laughs> like, how are we, like, it's not a good, like, what about the, that one pulled all the iron out of a guy's blood. And <laughs> he was flying around. No, they're really good people. Oh, oh that guy stopped, stopped a city and erased all his memories. Like, everything they do is a horror film. Yeah. And then the movie's like, but they're, hey, they're really great. Yeah. They're people too. <laughs> like, right. No, 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 no. Like, like y- you, you're writing it wrong f- to do these metaphors. To do this it's, idea. Yeah, it's very bothersome. It's like, me. hey, what, a guy just came to Baltimore, lived in an entire freaking baseball stadium, and, and, and dropped, and dropped it, it on the it, White and then, House. And then he c- walks out and he's like, hey, Nixon. We're not that bad. Guys, <laughs> you guys I can't on. even what get we... started on Magneto, the war crime terrorist, just getting free reign after every movie. Just like, no, it's fine. He's a good guy now. I'm like, guys, he's killed hundreds of thousands of people. It's, Come it's, on. Yes. You know what? It's, 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 not, it's not well written. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it in a JCP's uh, past where Magneto tells Charles that JFK was a mutant? Yes, and he saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. He tried or he to tried to save, save his, his life. life. This is what I mean where it's like, can we not have these references? Like... Like I, I I need the facsimile, and I was like, "Oh, you guys, Magneto saved JFK." You're like, okay, all right. What was this? What was JFK's that, superpower? You know what that feels like, like, like to me? Irresistible to women. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. Uh, we have um, things. Oh, I, I put a little things I like. Heck yeah. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. Is it more uh, than one? It's there's two things. Heck yeah. <laughs> I wrote down things I like. Famke Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Nightcrawler scene. Those are the two things. I'm like, mm, dude. And that, mm. You know what? That Mike, Nightcrawler Mike scene is incredible. Mike was in ninth grade in 1999. Was like, mm, I'll mm-hmm, even I'll mm-hmm. even go past Nightcrawler scene and go into just all of Nightcrawler and the message of him having faith in the world and himself. Which is something that they tried, not that they executed perfectly yes. throughout the I'll film. Take, okay, but thank you. Idea, you saw me looking this, at you. I did. Like, but this right. idea, but this idea of him having to like reestablish faith in in what mutants can be, what yeah. mutants are, because he sees himself as a lone monster. And again, I like that. I like that scene between him and Mystique in X Two, where he's like, "You could be anyone you want. Why do you? Why wouldn't you want to hide yourself?" Yeah. He's like, "Because I shouldn't have to." And I again, they don't do enough of that. That's, that's that could go either way. That's really interesting. Yeah. You mean because I always say like best advice is always like, "Hey, be yourself." Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, no, yourself kind of sucks. Be yeah. better than yourself. Yeah. Like, you, no, I, I, I don't crap my diaper anymore. Depends you want to know why? Because I grew as a person. Yeah. Like, that's... Wait, I, you don't? No, I don't. See, this is... Yeah. Oh, but, shit. But do you know what I mean? Like, people... Like, no, don't be... Don't don't be yourself. Be better than yourself. You know, yeah. like, it, it's it's not... Don't have low self-esteem. Sure. You know, but, but always strive to be better. That's what things are about. That's what hero arcs are about. It's not mm-hmm. like, Luke, you're a great moisture farmer. Never you should, sure. you should just be that. You want you that. want the movie that, that that has Magneto say, "Well, we are better than them because we have powers." And it's like, "Yeah, but are you a better person, Eric?" The, thank you. Yeah, are, are you, you a, a better, better person? person? And he's like, "Yeah, no, I killed everybody, right? That's what yeah. you're supposed to do." <laughs> um, I destroyed Auschwitz, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I mean. Where it's like I don't need that. that hey, I kill I kill Apoc- Nazi. Apocalypse. The Auschwitz scene was looking like. Apocalypse, a little, a little much. Little Most much. of the movie was a little much. Big yikes. Um, okay, then I have. Um, oh, I have. They, they, they need. They back in the day, back in the comics. I always loved like the earlier stuff. It was always fascinating. While cheesy, they use their powers to solve problems. Yeah, it was. They never fought each other in the uh, the Juggernaut. Uh, when they introduced the Juggernauts, like X Men, like eighteen or something. Um, there's something's coming. 
Do, do, do. It, oh, there's no mystery. Comics always mystery. Something's coming. This force is coming. Uh, Xavier is scared, so the the kids are like, "Oh, whoa, holy cow!" Right? And they set then they set traps. They go, "We have to fortify this." And Cyclops uses his beams to dig holes. And Iceman use. They're not fighting each other. They just I can use this to do something more efficient and faster. Being what clever. Super, what a superpower needs to be. And I always I always like that more than just. We have we. I'm gonna let's do. What if we do it all at once, you guys? What sure. if we all hit him with you know? And he's like, oh, that's it, you're. It's I don't know. It's like a a, a, a gymnast just working at a, a as a fry cook. You're like, why aren't we? What? No, yeah. we're using you horribly wrong. Again, in X2, I like. It's one of the scenes in the mansion where Bobby builds a giant ice wall. To yeah, like yeah. Stop. And oh. like, it's just one oh, little yeah. thing. I'm like, it's, oh, that's cool. He's using it mm-hmm. not to just I'm not to just punch you. someone. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, and then uh, I, I said they need they need to be more like a Guardians of the Galaxy or an ensemble movie where we get a little bit of I, everybody. One hundred percent agree. There shouldn't be a focus. Wacky, but just like, oh, I see where we have all our backstories. Yes. This is why you guys are together. Uh, we're moving forward to uh, this goal. Um, they need real. Co- they need their real costumes with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'm going to leave you guys with something. I, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm reading a lot of Fantastic Four right now. Hell yes, baby! Um, so much fun, and I realized that Breaking Bad is the best Fantastic Four story ever told. <laughs> Please explain this to me. I, what? I wrote what? down two things. I wrote down two things. Okay. okay. And then I then I yeah, you guys what? And then I wrote down. Then I thought. And then someone was like, no, The Incredibles is the best X-Men. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I, Fantastic uh, Four. Ever. I said, no, Incredibles is the best X-Men movie ever ever, ever made. And like, what? So I'm going to read you two. You're, you're putting your hand up to your face. You don't agree? I'm so confused. Okay, I'm going to read two two little statements to me. You tell me which which it sounds like more. Okay. okay. The Incredibles or Breaking Bad. Okay. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. A brilliant scientist <laughs> pushes away his wife and family with narcissistic scientific pursuits that cause his partner to turn into a monster. Oh, crap. That's Breaking Bad. That's that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic four. four. Okay, I'm gonna read another sentence to you. Okay, wait, are we supposed to say which? No, it's just, just yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah. You, you get what I'm saying. Okay, uh, a small group of superpowered humans and kids must hide from the government and the law because of unfavorable opinions from citizens they are trying to protect. X Men are Incredibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. See, the Incredibles does get that family aspect, but like the idea. Yeah, but idea so that's what everyone always says. The Incredibles yeah. is a fan. You guys are a fan. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Right. They're related. You guys. It's like <laughs> are you. Yeah. yeah, no, people are related. No, you guys, it's Incredibles. It's, so it's ben Grimm's not related to either I, I one mean, of them. There's four Incredibles, you guys. Yeah, there's all, a Fantastic Four. <laughs> all of the X-Men is supposed to be a family. Um, yeah. We're winding down on your yes. time. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing that I want to know where your stance is on this. I also want to so ask him something. something after, yeah. We're sure. in flex time, which so is something, fine. Yeah. Something I really did appreciate in X-Men First Class when I was watching it this uh, go-around is I realized that it's the one time, the one time in all these movies we watch Xavier teach mutants to control and use their powers right how is that the only movie that happens in yeah what movie was yeah. it again first class. first class oh yeah and they blows up his favorite tree how is that not something more utilized and then i realized that in care. all of the other films not only that nobody teaches the kids how to control and use their powers or be responsible with them they treat it like they're actually just in a normal school yes and they happen to have powers i'm like wow we are really yes. missing the whole point it's, of this it's yeah. and it's the, and it's the most important plot point in the incredibles is <laughs> yes. the parents teaching the yes, kids listen these guys are bad guys it's not like the movies you need to do this you uh-huh. need to do, like, I'm, I'm, it's 
it's always shocking to me that like the X-Men like are, are in, in, in the comics it's different but like in the, all these movies they, they're at the mansion they're at a school uh-huh. and there's never any school going on it's like watching Twin Peaks and all the high no, school kids the oh, right? there is real there in is the real film, school there's normal school there's normal school but nobody's on. teaching them to like yeah. be responsible with your powers we see here's in, how we see kids in classrooms all the time yes. but they're learning math and astronomy and yes. making fireballs behind their doing? backs in class and getting it frozen by the well, ice because line. remember they're mutants audience <laughs> <Yes>. these <laughs> are mutants what was the one you want to talk about uh, I just want to ask you a question because like because oh, yes. like uh, I love all your uh, ideals and what you think about the movies so I want to ask you something about the comics so make uh, an X-Men print uh, so uh, I did a book called Wolverine and the X-Men and it's about Wolverine opening up in a new school where he becomes a new Charles Xavier you, I'm sorry you made this or read this Which I read this oh, it was one this. of the book clubs sorry oh, okay, I yes. speak really fast I'm trying to be fast I got uh, it uh, Cyclops becomes a new Magneto and Wolverine opens up a new school right got it they had a fundamentally falling out and this is something that's super that i love about the, this run of the comics it's where cyclops is like listen from we were raised to be soldiers from day one like mm-hmm. there's this there's this evil sentinel coming to kill all of us all of these children here they are now soldiers and wolverine's like that is not what we're here about we are supposed to protect them from the future we are supposed to be the soldiers not them it's very interesting do you like is that a cool idea i think that's for you? very interesting okay. don't you think i, do I mean I it's a place it. as an adult i'm in my 30s right now yeah and it's like and all of a sudden i woke up one day and i was like oh Oh, I'm the adult in the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like. If there's a baby, it's me. Yeah. It's I have to pick it up. Yeah. Like I can't hand it to anyone. Yeah. That's that's my resp- for the next I don't twenty years. Like next twenty five to thirty years, it's me. Yeah. And then the next generation will take it. And so now it's, I've been really thinking about that responsibility and what that means. So especially to society, like I need to be going out and changing my environment and yeah. doing good. I think that's a big problem. So nowadays. I ask you here, you know, you have this this giant this hundred foot sentinel coming to kill everyone on this island. Mm-hmm. And Cyclops is like, I don't care if you're five or fifty, you are fighting this with us. Uh-huh. Where do you stand on that? Where do I stand well it's it's interesting. There's two different ideologies and it's kind of almost uh, history history has influenced that so there's a there's the there's like a, the japanese culture obviously you see that in a lot of anime where it's the same thing where it's like children are soldiers yes. mm-hmm. and it's uh, based upon neon genesis evangelion yeah, battle, the, the, battle the, royale yeah, baby yeah, yeah it's based on kind of their their background with um you know, losing some wars and uh how that works and then the west um the west ideology of uh, we would like our kids to be better off than we were, you know, uh-huh. and um, and I and you know what I I love exploring that. I don't know if I have an answer. I could, and I think that's why it's wonderful. I think I'm um, yeah, because I, I I thought that was a interesting idea that you might appreciate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's it, it honestly it's it's um it's uh it's when do we lose our innocence? Yeah. when do we become adults? Uh, uh, I have a Christopher Columbus analogy where it's Ooh, like boy. whenever Christopher Columbus comes around it's always did you know he was horrible <laughs> <laughs> right? and you're he like yeah no. no yeah yeah and it's like oh the things he and then you read the articles are like hey Christopher Columbus day he was just ransacking the disease oh the horrible to win uh. and then I think and I think about that and then and they, we're, te- we're and then they always say um they're li- we're lying to kids in school right? yeah, yeah we're lying to kids and that's horrible and then I think well well, with the things we celebrate about Christopher Columbus are exploration, adventure, right? The new world. Not those, they don't, te- they don't celebrate the horrible things. Right. But then the question comes in, oh, I agree. When should we tell them the truth? It's almost like, what do you tell them about, like, first, about dying? First or grade? Santa, stuff kindergarten? Like yeah. Do you burst into the room and say, Christopher Columbus was a horrible person, this is why. <laughs> <In a laughs> Destroy weird, your innocence. <laughs> in a weird way, this ties yeah. into the, like, the bad egg, which is yes. thing we were where talking we, about where? in the other episode. When, yeah, when do we, and so that's a, that's a really interesting thing. So you okay? have Marvel Unlimited, it's called yes. Schism. Well, it's interesting. It's an I, event so, where it breaks the X-Men So now out. that we're kind of talking about it, um, I think teaching a child to be a soldier, 
or teaching a child self-discipline are two very different things. Right. Um, so I would I would probably agree with not the soldier one. Yeah. I think that's Wolverine. borderline child abuse. And yeah, I think no, 100%. everyone kind of But if you read the X-Men here. comics from the 60s, they are all children fighting Magneto. But this was the 60s uh, and there was Vietnam. Yeah. Can you imagine making a comic book in Vietnam? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's kids were going over sure. there. Sure. Yeah. Like, and there, there was no. And excuse. that's the stuff I this, want this, in these yeah. movies. This is what I mean with the Japanese thing, with uh, with their with their background and what have you, and what they've had to do and stuff. It's it's these are all just reflections of our times. It's, yeah. it's like we said, the movies never evolved at the times. The movies yeah. are not like the X Men. Yeah, they you're don't right. Evolve. They never. And if they do, they just just swing and a miss. Yeah. yeah. You know. All right, Mike. Well. Well, thank you guys so we'll much. Let yeah, you, we'll let you yeah, bounce. This and was we'll, wonderful. We'll wrap out our let me know. I'm always here for a, a dissenting viewpoint. Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah no, I'm we're gonna do Mission Impossible next and just be real positive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> great. We Tom Cruise is a workaholic. I love yeah. it. Yeah. We love having you on. So hopefully thank we can get you on yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, well, you know where to find me. Yeah. Man, we just gotta wait another 20 years for a franchise to die. Yeah. We can do this again. All right. Oh boy. All right. Then now that Mike is gone, he's wrong. Here's why. He was completely wrong about everything he said. No, that's not true. No, it's not. Uh, I value his opinions a lot. But we are a little sad that he's gone. Uh, he couldn't stick around for the rest of the special, but you know we still got more to t- more to unpack. Got a so solid hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's um let's un- let's dive deeper. Let's finish this up. We're gonna talk about Namor, the first mutant. You said dive. We're gonna dive into the waters of Atlantis, featuring Namor, the Submariner, who's not been appearing in any of these X Men movies. You mean Sir not appearing in this film? Sir Namor, the Submariner. Um, Universal has the mar- has the Mariner, I think. Submariner? Yeah. The Mariner is a different thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. So where do we want to where do we want to start? Sparks, yeah, I know you have more to say, so you go because I don't know where to go. I mean, I do have more to say, but Ben didn't get to talk much in that first hour, so Ben, no, you say you things about, about X Men. Ben was, was chitter chattering the whole. T- you were really quiet the whole special. I, what the hell, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is where I get called out on that. Okay. Um, well, I, unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to watch a lot of the X-Men films. I only watched X-Men, the first X-Men film yesterday. We were going to watch X2, but it got really late. And we had other stuff we needed to do. So, unfortunately, this was a week where I thought, where I was like, yeah, I could, I'll could, i be able to watch a lot of these X-Men mo- movies. But when you guys were talking about it, I was like, yeah, I have no thought. There, there's nothing I could contribute to this. I told you you should have watched those recap videos. I, c- I couldn't. You, uh, well, I could have, but it's I was, twenty minutes, Ben. No, no, seven hours. Dude, I was dying yesterday. You know how it is. All right, then. I'm just saying. We were dying yesterday. No, I was dying. Me personally, yes, I, I was dying. That's what I said. You were dying yesterday. I'm just saying. We you had, just we stopped saying we, we didn't watch X two. Yeah. So you had two hours to possibly watch some recaps. I saying. was reading witches. I'm just all right. It's cool. So anyway. tell me what you do remember about the X Men. What I do remember of the X-Men mostly are films that they're fun. They're not as impactful as the Marvel as the as the regular MCU films. They do have their flaws in it. And unfortunately, I can't um compare the two. Well, actually I can't even compare the MCU films until I don't think we should or need I've, to either. Yeah. They were very different franchises made at very different times um mm-hmm. and even though that the current X-Men films we're trying to mimic the MCU formula, but also trying to stick stay to its roots, which arguably either of those those directions was a mistake. Yes, um, but they were still kind of visionless. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole point. And but they're they they had a different agenda going in going yeah. into them. Yeah, but they're fine. Most of them are. Most of them, I think, are pretty good. Like my favorites are X Men X Two and Days of Future Past. Man, you should put that. We should put that on the DVD box sets for all those X Men films. They're fine. The Thinker <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> they're fine. 
Uh, then we got some real stinkers like Orge, like X Men Origins Wolverine, and um, did you just call me? Blob. <laughs> That's not even anything like what I said, you idiot. <laughs> God, I hate that. Unfortunately, I think I'm, and it's Kevin Durant. I know. It's a Swamp Thing boy. It's Jason Woodrew. I know. He still shines through all that shitty makeup. Yeah. No, so there. I mean, X Men Origins sucks. We all hate it. I only saw it once at theaters. I refuse to watch it again. And which post credit scene did you get? Do you remember? I think I left. Do you remember there were three? There were three post credit three post credit scenes that cycled through different screenings. You either got the one at the. You either got the one where Deadpool uh, has his hand has his hand and his his mouth is like shushing the audience, or you get the one where like the real Deadpool or like or no, Ryan Reynolds. It's no, Ryan like Reynolds. His head gets cut off at the end. Remember? Uh, it probably doesn't remember. It's been so long. Um, yeah, and then yeah. the other post credit, and then the other post credit scene is when is Wolverine in Japan, Japan. Yeah. and that was supposed to lead into. Um, the Wolverine. Wolverine. Well, it was the Wolverine took that thread, but as a sequel. But it was supposed to be another prequel of him in Japan. Uh, oh, so much like a lot of the post-credit scenes of the X Men, they don't actually tie into the next movie. Yeah. Yes. Much like the endings of the X Men yes. films. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Once again, they're fine, but um, Last Stand and Origins, they suck. I don't want to watch them again. And again, they're the god fact, awful. The fact that, and we talked about it a little bit, but the Last Stand and Wolverine Origins. Or X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, the fact that it didn't destroy that franchise is a miracle. Is, a, is a, nothing, nothing but a miracle. Like why? And I, get, I, get, I understand. Like they did try to course correct with First Class because First Class was the next film to come out. I thought that was a complete reboot, to be honest. I'm sure. I'm sure Matthew Vaughn both intended it to be. Um, <coughs> but although I wonder, because I do now knowing he always intended to do a Days of Future Past film. Um, I wonder how much of that was actually supposed to be a reboot and how much of it wasn't. But I do think it was supposed to be a course correction. It was supposed to be like, hey, let's let's go back to basics, core team, core whatever, uh, Xavier Magneto, and um, we'll, we'll go from there. And I think that showed a lot of promise. But bringing back Brian Singer for Days of Future Past was a mistake. And again, like we like Days of Future Past, but maybe it was the better idea to just leave the past in the past and just focus on our new characters so we actually know who they are for the next movies. Or, or even just allow more time for those characters. Like when you get to Days of Future Past, uh, a majority of the team you watched form in first class is dead. Yeah. And dead off screen. Almost mm-hmm. all of them are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And it's Lucas wasteful. Till shows up in, in the beginning and then disappears for the rest of the uh-huh. movie. Havoc. What a waste. <laughs> Garbage. Gosh. I do appreciate that they tried to be like, oh yeah, Havoc is Scott's older brother now. Yeah. And the fact that they stuck with that, but they never did anything with him. It was dumb. Uh, uh, the only reason why, he's, why he dies in Apocalypse is because he had MacGyver. And, he had uh, nothing to it, do, yeah, like, in that movie. Nothing shows how very directionless these movies are as much as things like X-Men First Class where uh, Charles first tries Cerebro and it shows a little black girl with a nice little dress who and long white hair and it's like, well, that's obviously supposed to be Storm, oh, but it's God. not oh, Storm, for- but it's obviously supposed to be Storm. I forgot and then there's, that. A, then there's a boy with red sunglasses like chucking a baseball up and down and it's like, well, that's Scott. I mean, it's not Scott, but it's obviously supposed to make us Remember think of Scott. X-Men? And it's so meaningless because it's just to make people who know the comic characters on like the most shallow surface level go, oh, the thing, Glass- but they won't do anything uh, with glasses. the thing, thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really, it's really unfortunate. And I wonder, actually, again, you know, uh, if Days of Future Past was supposed to be the third film in a, tri- in a trilogy that Matthew Vaughn was going to direct, I am curious to know: was the ten-year time gap always in place from I'll that I'll original, from that original premise, or was it not? Can, uh, 
go ahead with your thing. Well, do you, do you know the story? Like, like again, it was going to be he was going to set up the Phoenix in the second movie in, in Days of Future Past and not in Apocalypse. They were going to choose all those characters in Days of Future Past, but then the, the previous timeline stuff came in with all the original characters and it became way too muddy. So they had to cut all those characters and put them in Apocalypse. So Matthew Vaughn, yes, he did have this idea to do this epic trilogy that the studio was like, how about we combine the movies instead of doing your cool idea? Because we want to make a lot of money. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's one of the reasons he left. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, he, I think he said creative, um, but he still he still worked with Fox for Kingsman, so it wasn't a it wasn't a problem. He's just like, well, yeah. will you let me do this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he, that. he won out. Somebody in the, in the studio didn't get you know didn't have the same ideas as him. I remember still enjoying First Class when I first saw it, but I really didn't like the ending. I felt like they rushed to the Charles and Eric thing way too fast. Just judging it as a solo film, I'm like, I I understand you did this just in case this didn't do well enough. It's pretty to make to make money for more, yeah. And you wanted to like close the loop on like this is how this is the thing that drove them apart. And I'm like, you know, it would have been far more interesting in the long term. Also, for Eric and Charles to have not have gone to their absolute far ends against each other. At the beginning, I was like, I'm fine with Eric and Charles not being in the same location and like good with each other by the end of it. But I didn't need Charles to be uh, paralyzed already in the first outing. I didn't need Eric to be 100% anti what Charles believes by the end of them spending a week together or so. I could have used more time than that. Let me tell you, thinking about it now, it really bums me out that they they put Charles Xavier, they they give him the wheelchair at the end of this movie, and then in Days of Future Past, he's he's is that when he's the alcoholic or is that yes, apocalypse? Yeah. That's when so he's the next not alcoholic, movie, but the drug. Sorry, so the next yeah. movie, he's he's. Out of the wheelchair? He's out of the wheelchair again. I'm like, why even do it if you're just going to take him out of the wheelchair again? Because, again, they don't know what to do with him because he's so powerful. Not, not only that, um, something that super-duper bothers me just watching... I know I, I didn't watch Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix again this week, obviously, but um, I did watch First Class and Days of Future Past, and something that super-duper bothers me is Beast being able to reverse his transformation they wanted yeah. a whole all three movies after that. Well, less than that, they just didn't want to pay for the makeup of making Beast every movie. Which is... BS cause but it, I, it I, ruins the whole point of the narrative between him yeah. and Raven in the first class film. I mean, as 100%. much as I don't like Last Stand, props to Kelsey Grammer for being in that makeup the whole damn movie. He's the, like the best thing about and that again, film. And uh, again, one of the only good aspects, like when he meets, I think the character's Leech. Is that the character's yeah. name? The, uh, who takes his powers and he puts his hand near Leech who takes away mutant powers. Right. And his hand turns human. Right. And it's the first time where he's like, oh man. Well, I didn't. This is not what yeah. I expected to feel when I met this mutant. Sure, and I'm like, that's some good shit right there. And then that's completely thrown away. Right, because it doesn't matter because different timeline. But, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it, you're right with what you said with Hulk because they don't let Beast do anything smart while he's blue in the remaining three films. He's just he's rah, always rah, a beast, a beast monster when he's blue and only smart and intelligent and doing smart things when he's no- a normal human. And I use that word leniently, smart. But I mean, still, they don't let him be like he's like the, tech the guy. intelligent person. Yeah. And the beast at the same time, and I don't get it. I and don't get it. You yeah. can be smart and a beast. Also, you can be both. Also, if you haven't watched First Class for a while, go back and revisit Beast makeup in that movie because it was real bad. And I don't know how that happened because they'd already made Kelsey Grammer Beast. He doesn't look the same as he does in the rest of the films. They clearly had a better idea of what he needed to look like. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that it's like his face is stuck in a certain look as Beast, so Holt can't move his facial features too much to be expressive. He has trouble talking. All his lines once he's Beast come out real weird when, in first class. Yeah, he's completely aviard when he's... Yeah, when he's and, a, it's, a and it shows. It shows, and it shows even more now that I've seen yeah, they definitely the other films with him with the makeup. Watch that. But, uh, yeah. but also, now that you brought up Dark Phoenix, and you brought how bad Beast's makeup looked, and the 10-year gap, 
And I'm watching. I remember when we did see Dark Phoenix, and Beast was talking to was talking to uh, Raven, aka Mystique. He was like, "Man, we're the last of the original X Men." I'm like, "You look the same." That's you a whole nother. I know it's a whole. I know. I know. Other argument that he wasn't really getting it, but oh I. Boy. But I did try to. I did try to bring that up. Bring it to that. To that little bit. Um, mm. when I was talking to, uh, to Ryan. Uh, but the. The, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. The idea of the ten year time gap, uh, going back to, I wonder if that was part of Matthew Vaughn's original plan, or did Brian Zinger decide to uh, to add that to for some reason? And I kind of wonder. I kind of think it was it was a Singer decision because if Matthew Vaughn had done the three film trilogy that he intended to do, um, I think the next film was going to introduce those kids that we see in Cerebro. As Scott and 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 that was the plan. Like I really do think that was the plan, and and it would make sense because it would just been another two years later. And I think Matthew Vaughn, I really I, I look. I'm only extrapolating from what I've heard, but I really do think that his intention was to keep the X Men films in the past and not get to the present. Which I would have been happier with. I still disagree with the decision of how they handled Eric at the end of First Class, but I would have been happier without those 10-year time jumps. Because those 10-year time jumps, I mean, you, you can be like, well, the whole X-Men timeline's messed up anyway. So but it's not shit. 40 and years that's true. And that's removed. True. Yes. Like, it's... Yeah, and, and that's true. But it's also like you didn't need to do this, and most of the time it was for cosmetic decisions or whatever, or music you wanted to use. I don't care. Um and it stops working past Days of Future Past. It really does. Like, Days of Future Past is the only one where I find it even mildly acceptable, and even then I still think that they don't show it over over a decade of growth because they say it's been over 10 years since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm like, are you kidding me? I have a quote from two months ago regarding this exact situation. Um, Vaughn specifically cites Fox's decision to make Days of Future Past the direct sequel to First Class, and he says, quote, that's one of the reasons I didn't continue because they didn't listen to me. My plan for First Class, then second film, was to introduce a new, new Wolverine in the 70s and continue those characters my version of the x-men the first class uh and then the next movie after that would be days of future past and then apocalypse so they just cut a movie out they just entirely cut a movie out and that completely effed everything up so he's like i i shouldn't be here anymore then it's not my movie it did they so, were yeah, i don't think the tenure keep doing tenure things was the idea yeah i don't think i really don't yeah. think so I mean, oh, at, the, well. at the very end of the day when we're in the 90s think with these characters from the 60s are like these characters are all 60 years old and they're beautiful at 25 <laughs> like give yeah, me a break and then they don't treat it like Decades have aged. They, they're not ma- any more mature. They're not any more mature. Some characters have Nothing regressed. has really happened. And it, almost nothing has really happened, even if it had been a year, they treat like the, the gap between Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix is like no, almost nothing has changed. I think I actually have a similar problem with the later MCU films as I do with the gap between uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Um, Days of Future Past and First Class, I do think that there that there is a sense that time has passed. I don't think a decade worth of time has passed. No, but we not do get at all. A, we do get a sense that something has happened and that these characters have changed from that something. Um, most importantly, probably the Vietnam War has changed them in, in ways that they didn't expect. Like I, I, I felt that. It's not enough, but it's there, and I appreciated that it was there. They put in the legwork there. The later MCU films... Um, especially going from Civil War to Infinity War, I don't get a sense that two years have passed. I get a sense that it'll be probably a couple months, but two years have passed between then. I agree with you. I agree that it's hard to sometimes believe the gaps that we have to in the MCU for how many years they're supposed to have passed and like events that we didn't see on screen 
clearly must have happened, but the characters aren't fully evolving. And the fact that I can't even buy a year or two in the MCU means like I really can't buy a decade over at the X-Men films. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You are not doing enough. I don't think you understand how much growth happens in a decade, let alone two years. Weird enough, you know how um, the CW shows have like their like season 11 or zero season, stuff like that? Man, this would have been a perfect opportunity to have like an X-Men movie comic book where it is like the middle, like, hey, between X-Men and X-Men 2, there's like four years, right? Sure. Uh, I, just have a comic about that. I, de- I desperately wanted there to be a comic book set between the Wolverine and Days of Future Past. Like following the, the old cast, how oh, you yeah. get to explain why Xavier is there, explain why Wolverine has his metal claws again. Like you can extrapolate, oh, he's, like I, my theory was that um, Magneto manipulated the metal in his bones to to regrow the metal on his claws, which sure, whatever. But I do think that there is a, there is, because where we leave them in the Wolverine for, to where we see them again in Days of Future Past, holy shit. Like, what the hell? You shouldn't have those. Why does he have no, his back? That, but it's just the world in general is just to shit. Oh, it, yeah, again, totally. It's, it's, and again, being at like the, the future where humanity has taken over and it's really apocalyptic, like, it's a tone change, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really jarring and weird. And it's very clear that when they were making the post credit scene of the Wolverine, they had no clue what Days of Future Past was doing. Yeah. Like the the two were not connected. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I was I always just found that I always found I, I do get the sense that the characters kind of play it play it as like we've been through some stuff, we're we've grown through this experience together. Um I do get the sense that the characters are playing it that way, but I never got I never understood how the world how it's so decrepit and po- apocalyptic like there's no sense that there's a normalcy in the world it's just it, we just get the sense that now everything's destroyed all the cities are gone and you know mutants are hunted and probably people are dead i mean but that is t- to be fair to that like movie and book like days of future past is the apocalypse has happened and most of everyone's like everyone's dying just like mutants are getting the worst of it but it's, that is that is a true apocalyptic scenario so like i can't that's the part i don't I don't blame them for using that. It's not even uh, to me. It's with Days of Future Past. It's not even that they uh, don't that they, they, they don't explain the state of the world enough for me. It's that I don't get to spend enough time with those characters who we I should be see happy them to fighting, see. Basically, yeah. uh, I I don't get to spend enough time with them to understand like what they've been through, where they're at, who they are now. Other than like we wear leather now, yeah. more leather, different leather. Another kind of leather, and all, Eric's here too. All like, the that's, leather. That's all the that's all the change I get. I don't understand like what these characters have gone through. And the last time I saw them was X three, and I'm like, there's some there's some stuff I'd like to understand about them. Yeah. They're not treated as real characters in it. Which again, I didn't talk about this on air, so I'll talk about it here. Uh, I really didn't care much for Days of Future Past when I saw it in theaters. I liked it far more when I saw it on Blu-ray because I saw the Rogue Cut. Yeah, Rogue Cut. And the Rogue Cut, I think, is far superior to the theatrical cut because it at least gives the characters who are supposed to be in our future something to do. And again, I can't believe that that's, like, again, like, uh, without the Rogue Cut, that movie's still fine, but like, uh, we mentioned in the car, like, Rogue is like your introductory character to the X-Men in this universe, in these movies. What an interesting choice, by the way. Yeah, and they completely cut her out of this movie completely, and I'm like, she's a fundamental character to this, not just the X-Men, like, comics, but to your movies, yeah. and you just throw her away. Yeah. Like, that's that's disrespectful to that character. You know what I just realized? It feels like the Days of Future Past that we got, especially with all the old um, cast members like um, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, it's kind of like member berries in a way. Oh yeah, it's like oh they're hey, playing they're playing it in nostalgia hard. Oh yeah, because 
We didn't I'm, earn this Days of Future Past. No, Especially we didn't. I do like Days of Future Past. We don't earn it for be going from first class to Days of Future Past oh, or the Wolverine to Days of Future Past. So we do I. Don't Days of Future Past is one of my fa- is probably my favorite X Men film. I really love that movie. Yeah, but I, it's it's straight up member berries because you're right. We don't get like after the Wolverine and we see Patrick Stewart show up. He's like, "Hello, Logan." I was like, "How?" Like even Logan's like, "You shouldn't be here." Because if this I, is still I, the you can easily like you know he's he's manipulating everyone to see Patrick Stewart. And as as it is a cool scene to see young Xavier and old Xavier like I like that scene. This is why I become and the yeah. future uh-huh. sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> but un- unfortunately, I know the the X Men timeline is a cluster shag, and I promise not to bring it up too much. But we saw Xavier die in in Last Stand. He should sure. he shouldn't be there at the end of but Wolverine. The post credit sequence of the Last Stand reveals that he has he has put himself in a different body. And Much so like House of X, so he is alive. Well, apparently, I never, I never saw the post credit scene of Last Dance, and it's so not I didn't even. Know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's no, that happens. Even a post credit scene because it's at the, it. it's at the end of the movie. Like it's not at the end. Oh of no, the, you're right. It's not a post credit scene. You it don't have to wait till the very end of the movie. It's at the end. No, of the no, movie. no, it's it's after some credits, but I, it's not the post end very end scene. You can still watch. The it's movie. like a, it's like mid credits. What we say yeah. for MCU now. But I'm saying most people are like the movie's still going on when the scene is happening. Is what I mean. I up the theater and left. Yeah. The second the credits started rolling, I was up and gone, or I changed the channel. See, that's why I said. Uh, if you want, if, if you can explain it away, because at the end of that, he put his consciousness in someone else's body at the end of that film. So you could just say, oh, he's manipulating everyone's thoughts to see. Also, Day the Future Past rewrites the timeline, so like, it doesn't even. Yeah, so it doesn't even matter. But it doesn't You're rewrite right. that timeline. That's why that. But it's so dumb. It doesn't. But it doesn't make sense. Like they weren't catering. They don't have a good through line. You have to just let that go. Because like in X three, you get Moira McTag- Moira McTaggart. Right, and she's there, and, she and looks it's like, young. cool, hey, we met her in X-Men First Class, so right away, that don't work. Uh, and she's the one who explains the body that Charles goes into. Last shot of X3 is actually when Eric moves the chess piece. Yeah. Oh, um, you're right, you're right. Uh, that's the last shot of the film proper, and then there's some credits, and then Charles is in that body. Okay, I only um, remember, the ending of X3 I only remember is Magneto moving the chess piece in New York City. That's also stupid. That is also a stupid thing to have him move that chess piece. Like, oh, I'm not. Oh, I don't have. It was a bad ending. It completely negates the entire movie if he actually can still get his Uh, powers back. The only excuse me, the only part of the ending of X3 that I like is is Rogue finally touching Bobby's hand, skin to skin. After she gave up her powers. After she gave up her powers. That is the that's, only, the that's definitely the rogue I know. I mean, that's the only part of it I accept because she was the of all the mutants who wanted the cure and she I felt like she should get it was her because she could not hold another person ever. Did you see that there's a large contingent of the fan base who wants Rogue introduced into the Marvel films just to kill Captain Marvel? Oh, okay. Whatever. Well she doesn't kill Captain Marvel, she just I gets know, her that, powers. It, I know people just, people are misinterpreting yeah, how yeah. that happens. So dumb. They're definitely gonna meet though. Whatever. All right. Um that's yeah, why that's I, why Rogue can fly in the in the TV series. She gets her powers from Captain Marvel. Oh, she she touches Captain Marvel and it happens in the comics too. But she touches Captain Marvel, but the powers don't go away. Oh, so she still has strength. So she has like super fly. strength and she can fly. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I just accepted it. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, so you know. there's a reason. I really don't like in X three how uh, Eric like kind of just gets over Charles being murdered in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> well, that sucked. Oh no, Charles. All right, so Gene, you seem really useful at this destruction thing. I'd like to aim that at human beings. Like, immediately into that. And it's not until, like, late, like, there, he gets one toss away line uh, towards Pyro, because Pyro says something really stupid about Xavier. Um, and uh, Charles, or Eric, stops him and he says, 
uh, Charles Xavier did more for mutants uh, than any of you ever will. Yeah. And my one regret is that he won't live to see us overtake mankind. Yeah. Uh, and that's and I'm stuff. like, cool, that's great. But like, it's really jarring to watch him just walk away from his friend being like disintegrated in front of him and uh, just be cool, yeah. whatever. Uh, when, I don't uh, I don't it, like it at all. It is, But it is a striking image when Scarlet, which I mean, Jean Grey destroys uh, Xavier. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I I think the music in X three is pretty good. I the music, music in X Men three is really good. It's like maybe the best part of the movie. <laughs> but uh, with a different movie, uh, that'd yeah. be like talking, this is epic. Talking about wow. talking about you know talking about something that's good. Uh, John Ottman's score, his theme for X Men two one Days of Future Past, uh, and Apocalypse. I believe he uses an Apocalypse. I wish that score that theme stayed throughout uh, the Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, I think that score stayed through. I wish that score stayed throughout the whole da, franchise. Na, 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 na. I mean, it's really only not utilized as much in first class. It's um, the only it, every single film that is not edited and scored by John Ottman does not have that theme song, mm. and I really dislike that. Oh, I get it because it's Ottman's score, and probably people want to put their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Ottman uses that score, when Days of Future Past starts, and I hear the da na 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 na, like I was like, hell yeah. Let's do this. We're watching an X-Men movie. Uh, while we're on X-Men 3, Warren? Oh, what ben is he Foster. even in the movie for? Uh, Angel? Because uh, the Worthington Company is the ones with the cure, so they have to have but blah, it's, blah, blah, But it, like, they, you don't need they the wor- do nothing with it. You don't need the Worthingtons to be the cure people. So like, you, you didn't need you Angel. Do, you don't need Angel. Though the opening is really effective. Yeah, where, the wings. where you see him yeah. trying to cut his wings off. Yeah, that, that's a really effective I, moment. I do, because he's like, okay, I'm going to get the angel, then he, I'm going to get the cure, then we finally see him with his full wings. But, and the, but, and the but he ner- says, like, I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, but the nurse is like, why would you want to get rid of that? But, I want that. But what's super jarring is that the movie opens with Jean, young Jean, right? Uh-huh. And Charles and Eric coming to see her. Oh, with Stanley cameo. Uh-huh. And then goes to the young Warren cutting his wings, then the movie starts. And I'm like, what? What? Why? <laughs> Why didn't Warren just like tell this story to somebody? This is so weird. You know, speaking of Stanley cameo, Ryan, you had Eagle Eyes when we saw the no, first X-Men. No, Fanny did. We both missed it. Oh, that's right. Fanny did. In the first X-Men movie, yeah, there's Stanley's cameo. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He's I just com- on the beach. I completely missed it. So did I. Fanny's like, hey, Stanley. And we're like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> we, we rewound it. We we're like, oh, shit, there he is. He still had a little bit of gray before he went feel full white. I guess white. X-Men was his first cameo. I yep. almost thought it was Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I thought... No, it was X-Men. I thought it was Spider-Man. Or nope. Spider-Man 2. X-Men came first. X-Men, okay. baby. He doesn't have a cameo in Spider-Man 1. No, not Spider-Man, but he does yeah, he Spider-Man does. 2. Wait, he does grabs a kid away from the falling rubble. That's when Spider-Man Goblin 2. destroys it. No, that's Spider-Man 1. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, you're Look right. out! You're right, you're right. Spider-Man 2 where he's... Um, you know. Spider-Man Two is the one where he says, "You know, someone like someone can't make a difference, right?" That's Spider-Man Three. Yeah. That's what Spider-Man. the hell is a Spider-Man Two cameo? I don't remember, but I know specifically that the Spider-Man One one is him pulling the kid away from the rubble because Mary Jane's wearing the white, the, the, red, the red dress. Yes, the Does red dress. Stan Lee just ha- give Peter his mask after the train sequence. Is that where his cameo is? No, that's not it. It's not that. It's something. It's something far simpler. Ryan, I'll look it up. yeah, I was about to say, can you look it up, please, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, it and took, while he does that, it took until <laughs> it took until X Men Three for them to give Aurora anything to say. Jeez, Louise. like really? Again, like maybe but they the beef most up her part next two because Halle Berry grew in stardom. Between and she got an Oscar first two films, <laughs> um, but even then it wasn't enough. I do not like her hair in X Three. 
What's the hair? That's where you can suddenly see her roots when prior to that she oh, had yeah. all white hair. Oh. And they're just like, mm, done with that. And like the haircut is fine, but the roots, it's like mostly more black than it is white. And I'm like, okay. In Spider-Man 1, he's a helpless bystander. In Spider-Man 2, he saves a lady. And then in Spider-Man 3, he's the, well, maybe you, you, you're cool, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. You're, you know, Spider-Man, you're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember exactly why I wrote this note, but I said, I wrote a note when I was watching X3, and it said, "Thus, the introduction of the bland leather wearing." Oh, I'm talking about the 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 gothy about kid with tattoos and everything. Oh, yeah, we're a bad guys. Zero characterization. So, oh, I did have notes because I was taking notes through the films, and my one of my favorites was in X2. I'm like, Pyro's character in X2 is entirely uh, based around Zippo flipping, and then uh, for X3, I was like, Pyro's character in X3 is entirely based around hair dye. Hell yeah, <laughs> the edgy X Men. That guy has no character whatsoever throughout the two films, and he serves no real purpose. The only thing that's useful is that conversation with Magneto, which I know you'll bring up. But I'm like, we could have put a different mutant there. No, it didn't I, like, need I to agree. Be him. He's completely underutilized. But like, I get he's he's the one kid at Xavier School who thinks like like Magneto, and like he's not developed well. But like, it's very easy to see like, oh, he's leading towards Magneto's camp. So like, for yeah. sure, for sure, you could have done the same thing to explore Bobby's character since Bobby doesn't have much to work with anyway. Yeah. Right after he's been abandoned by his family who called the cops on them, he could have a similar conversation with Eric, and he would have gotten just as much meat out of it and yeah. fleshed out a character we care about. Oh, I do like that scene, where he's um, to, where where we go see Bobby Drake's family. Yeah, and his mom's like, "Have you tried not, not being, being a mutant?" And Logan is an art teacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I love That's that. That's a scene. great Days of Future Past oh. when it ends and he teaches history. I was like, "Oh, you missed a beat. Could should have been art." Yeah. Oh, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, when him and Bobby had their their talking that they're like at the school. Bobby's having like a midnight snack, and Logan's and next like, two? "Yeah, next yeah. two. And Logan's like, "Is there any beer?" And Bobby's like, "This is a school." So yeah. yes, so uh, and he hands Logan like a like Doctor, uh, or Lo- Logan grabs a beer. No, and he grabs like a, a soda, a root beer, and then and he's like cold, and then Bobby just goes and it turns to cold. It blows on it. Yeah. Um, in uh, X three, uh, Logan learns that Charles has been putting up psychic barriers to keep away a separate identity. No, don't you mean Dark that- Phoenix? Yes, it's called it's called Phoenix, and it's a separate <laughs> identity that she's had since she was a child. Uh, that can't. That is the side of Gene that can't control her powers, and he's. That's what he's been putting up the psychic barriers for, not so that she doesn't remember some trauma. It's because she literally has a different alternate personality. That's how Charles explains it to Logan, and Logan blames Charles in that moment for not, for like wh- what gives you the the responsibility to do that. And he's like, you don't understand what I did, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, so all that. Okay, that all was all in X3 too. All right. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's the it's be it's the same. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's not a good movie. Uh, everything that happens with Scott at Alkali Lake in X3 is awful. Mo- Just awful. Mo- mostly, it doesn't even mostly make sense. Cyclops is awful. No, I know, but like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, what is he doing? Why is he called out to the lake? I'll tell you what he's doing. To he's going to go be in Superman Returns. That's what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I that's understand. The, that's the real answer. He was like, I don't want to be in this X-Men movie anymore. Kill me off so I can go be in a bad Superman movie. I know, but I'm still like, kill him off there, but what? Yo, if you, if you, if Brian Singer came to you, hey, you can continue to have no character development in this, or I could bring you to do Superman. And have no character in that either. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't frame it like that. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I would always pick Superman. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to be in a Superman movie. The point is, I think James Marsden is getting the short end of the stick every movie he gets. No matter what he does, that dude's getting shafted. Hey, James. Sonic. Oh, I was just about to make a joke about that. At least he has Ella Enchanted. Nope. Enchanted. What's what, what's Ella Enchanted? That's a different movie. Oh. Completely different At least he has Enchanted. <laughs> That's true. Enchanted is pretty good. Enchanted 2 should be coming soon, I think. Yeah. 
Hell yeah, Amy Adams. Uh, All right. Yeah, uh, for X3, I'm going to go through this. I don't want to talk about X3 anymore. No, I'm going to do it. Stuck, you're stuck here. I don't want you're it. You're stuck here. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, <laughs> we're going to do it, and you're going to like it. <laughs> Some of, a lot of these I covered. You will suffer like your elders did. Let's talk about, let's talk about Dark Phoenix. Let's talk about Apocalypse. We did talk about Dark Phoenix. Dark. We spent a lot of time on Dark Phoenix. I'm okay. Did we? Yeah, we reviewed it. Yeah. I yeah, well, I still... I, I, I'm... Oh, actually, you know what? Interestingly enough, so Dark Phoenix uh, had an interesting uh, reaction to it. I was um, not the movie itself, but so the, they're doing the pre-order for the DVD and the Blu-ray and blah 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 blah. So Sparks, you know this, but the but Disney DVDs and Blu-rays for the past two years have had the multi-screen edition with the silver with the silver um, cover art and with the with the. You've seen those, right? Sure. Well. I was looking on on Amazon. You can pre-order Dark Phoenix Oh, I know what you're going with this now. And it is the multi-screen edition with the silver and the... I was like, oh, Disney. I forgot. Oh, this is weird. I'm not ready for this. They also are remarketing the movie to call it X-Men Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Instead of just Dark Phoenix. Because they need to make more money back. Yeah, I mean, what's whatever. Yeah. They they probably need to get the money from Fox. Okay, I do have a last thing on X3. The last stand? Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I really like the Wolverine. Uh, as, especially in the way that I it's a character too. piece that follows up on Logan dealing with the trauma of killing Gene. Mm-hmm. What I really hate about X3 in retrospect is that X3 ends with Charles just kind of at the, the like the last scene is him walking around the mansion going, yeah, we really fix things, guys. Like, we, it's all real good. And I'm like, cool, this actually makes no freaking sense with uh, where that character's traumatized and at in the Wolverine. Wait, is that really how last Yes, that's ends? really how it ends, is that he's watching Beast on the News being introduced by the president. And he's like, way to go for a ball. And that's the yeah. last line of the movie. And he walks out onto the patio of the Xavier Institute and he's like, <sighs> nice. And like, that's, that's the attitude. And I'm like, wow. Wait, that okay. was Logan who did that? Yeah, that's X3. Yeah. Well, X3 was supposed to be the end of the trilogy. Like, you know, you know, uh, studios were very trilogy minded at the time. It was that X Men 3 was going to be the end of the X Men franchise for the most part. Um, you know, they, had, they were banking on Wolverine Origins to launch a a new trilogy of Wolverine uh, origin films. I'll, I'll, well, not, yeah, I was going to say not just Wolverine films, but like origin films in general. Because like, yeah. we were getting that Magneto one, the Gamut Which one. Which turned it, Magneto basically backdoored into first class. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I don't think the Wolverine was even, I think James Mangold kind of was like, well, what if that didn't happen? Well, remember before Mangold, it was Aronofsky. Oh shit! You're that right. That would have been man. What a movie that could. Have I know. Been. I I was. I'm happy with what we got, but I've always wondered what Aronofsky's would look like. And some things from Aronofsky's script still carried over to James Mangold's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I think there are flaws with the Wolverine uh, in comparison to Logan, is because it's not James Mangold's like project through and through. He's yeah. still trying to carry on things that like he's good, and so is Aronofsky, but he's trying to do Aronofsky's things. I really like the beginning of that movie, actually. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched the beginning with you, and like, yeah, the beginning of the movie is really strong. Um, Where he goes into the bar. Yeah. Wolverine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good scene. And I just, no, I'm talking about the Hiroshima bit. Oh, yeah, I mean oh, that, that too. That's yeah. too. But I, I mean, really like, like the, I thought the whole first 20 minutes is like from, yes, the Hiroshima bit is great, but also him uh, being in exile, uh, living with the ha- the haunted memories of killing Gene, mm-hmm. who like as much as that is a wafer thin love story, uh, I'm like cool. At least this is some cool character. But it payoff. was important to to Wolverine, which makes sense that he would be traumatized by. My it. only problem with that is that if you actually like take these films seriously as continuity, then Logan only really spent time with Gene for maybe six months before she quote unquote died, yeah. because Logan went looking for Alkali Lake, came back. X2 happened, she dies. Yeah. That's how long they knew each other. 
Sure, there was a flirtation attraction, but there was nothing really developed in it. And then they're like, well, Logan loved her very deeply. And I'm like, cool, like, uh, if, if I have to accept Origins Wolverine, he loved that other girl way more. So mm-hmm. this is kind of flimsy at best. Yeah. Just it's just not, and honestly, like every relationship in the X Men franchise that's a coupling relationship is handled poorly, with the exception of maybe Nicholas Holt and Raven. I think they're the only ones who get proper screen time to try to develop them. Even then, they're not done that well, but they're given more due justice than anyone else. Scott and Jean, Jean and Logan. Oh, uh, hey guys, remember when Charles Xavier uh, he uh, mind erased his girlfriend and then un erased uh, oh, her mind yeah. so he could be with her? He did that. And then she disappeared. Wow. For two movies. She showed up again in Apocalypse. Yeah. That's what I mean. Her yeah, memory so was yeah. her memory was erased. Yeah, yeah like, he went to her, kissed her again, or gave her, or didn't kiss her. Then but she like, disappeared like, again. Yeah, then she disappeared again. Gave her the kiss. Superman she uh, was, mind wipe kiss. Like, yeah. she was nowhere in uh, uh, Dark Phoenix. So I'm like, or it's oh, a guess path, we're not yeah. getting Rose Byrne yeah. back again. Yeah. Okay, oh well. that's a bummer. I don't think Rose Byrne wanted to come back after Apocalypse. I don't blame her. Don't blame her. She was glorified cameo she disappears after like the first 30 minutes i think she comes back at the end but yeah she's not barely yeah, yeah. i think she yeah. dodged yeah. the bullet there um let's see quicksilver is pretty cool he's he's one For of the... the one movie and then i got real tired i, I didn't mind again it was the same scene again he... in the next movie but like he he is a charming guy that i think adds to that movie his hair looks terrible i know it's whatever i don't mind it 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 just it looks so fake. It's re- I like the music choice in Apocalypse. But Wolverine's fake Goku hair looks real. No, I I mean like I have a note about X two that one of the worst things is that uh, Logan's hair is getting more Ace Ventura with every scene in that one, and by the end of the movie, it is full blown Ace Ventura hair. It's yeah. crazy. Like dude. his last shot next to is real real goofy, and I'm yeah, glad um, that I think I think like on the scale of like them trying to do that thing with his hair, it looks best in the Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. Once his hair gets cut, it looks the best in the Wolverine because yeah. it's very subtle, but it's present. Yeah, I don't actually need you to do like the the hair. Curl no, neither thing. do I. Neither like, do I. You don't. Yeah, it's too too much. It's too Ventura. Yeah. Ventura made it funny, and it, you can't do it seriously. Woo! Don't go in there. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't like Quicksilver. I, I like Quicksilver in the first film that he shows up in. Days of Future Past. A little bit in Apocalypse, I guess, to an extent. I don't. I I'm glad that he's. But when he goes, when he like takes the tumble in Dark Phoenix, I'm like, oh, thank God. He he, like many other side characters in the X Men films, what they suffer from is the fact that their characterization is their power and not much past that. Yeah, they're not they're not given anything to be. Again, he's he's Quicksilver is so strong, and it's like they they always have to write him out of the movie because like, oh, he could just save the world if we really wanted him to. It's the same with Charles Xavier. Like these these mutants that are way too powerful. They don't know what to do with them. They're not yeah. clever enough to use their powers in an interesting way. Yeah, and they're and then they they don't give them anything else to do. They're yeah. not given anything to drive them. Literally, or motivate Quicksilver them. gets like taken out in the first part of the movie of Dark, Dark Phoenix because like he would be able to just win. He would win. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, X Men guys. Yeah, Quicksilver. I mean, I like the first sequence, the first slowdown sequence, but I like the musical choice in the in Apocalypse a little bit better. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I could say about that second uh, speed scene. Yeah. The second I everything slowed down, I'm thinking, oh. We're doing this. There is a pizza again. A pizza dog in that movie. And there is like, a pizza right. dog, and the pizza dog is cool. But still, it's one of those. Oh, they're doing this again. It worked really well in Days of Future Past, but now they're doing it's it. It's also real dumb again. That, it's real dumb that they use that sequence to kill Havoc. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what a throwaway of just kill of a character. Hey, uh, Ryan, wreak havoc. I don't know. I just I always had a problem whenever um, James McAvoy said that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because he's like, wreak havoc. And I'm like, oh, that was his name. And then he's dead. 
I see what you did there. I'm done. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really disappointing that the that characters so they have such a wealth and library of characters and they very much like resort to here's the person, here's the power, oh boop and then they're they're not interested in exploring anything past that in yeah. almost yeah. all the cases. You know, I think that's why I really enjoyed when Ryan had us read Wolverine and the X Men last week. Or was it last week? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Week yeah. Ago? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, whenever it was your last book club last, because I really enjoyed it was last week. It was last week, yeah. Like I really enjoyed reading that because Ryan says, like, "Hey, there's a bunch of characters in here that you don't know," and I was really enjoying reading about the characters that I never met. I don't know, like when you said that that Spike dude in X three was Quentin Choir, I call bullshit. I can't believe that. But like, <laughs> but but still, that is nuts. Still on like a film scale, you really don't know those characters. No. It's so it's so frustrating that like isolate the trilogies or combine the whole series or whatever you want to do. All the characters are basically living by the exact same template from the first film they were introduced in. They're roughly that same character, and they're not allowed to grow or divert away they're, from it. They're yeah, they're bad nineteen ninety nine templates. Yeah, like Cyclops is like in the movies, he's just like he's the, he's the dick. Yeah, like that's his character. He's the dick. He's the stern one. I'm like, hey man, there's a lot more to a character than just being the dick. Or Jean Grey's like the pretty one. Or like Storm is like the one who does lightning. Like, that's not a character. Your powers aren't your character choices. And I'm like, when I think about all these X-Men movies, I'm like, wow, like, even Logan, who was the main character, like, is the only one with real character besides, like, Xavier and Charles. It's not fair to compare the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the X-Men films. Um, That said, what the reason... Just real quick, I just want to interject on that. I think it is fair to compare once the MCU had started. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, post MCU. You're yeah. living. You're living in a world where comic book movies have then changed. At that point, you're no longer setting the stream. You have to be willing to be compared. Sure. Uh, what Kevin Feige learned on X Men. We know he was produced on X Men. He was produced on Spider Man. We know he's been a producer All on a lot the of Marvels. these films. Um, what he learned is to get people who may not have read the comics, but who understands the to the characters that they want to they want to do. Kenneth Brown has never read a Thor comic in his life, and I don't care what he says. I don't believe for a second <laughs> he he's read read a Thor comic. Uh, but he understood what the take he wanted to he wanted to take the character, and I think that's why that film was largely successful. Uh, I was listening to you might have listened to this too. I don't know. Uh, John Favreau did an Empire podcast piece when he was talking about the Lion King, and during that they talked about a lot of things, and they talked about Iron Man, and he said that when they went in to do Iron Man. Uh, he was like, so do we need to try and make Iron Man more appealing to a wider, larger, larger audience? And Kevin Feige said, no, I want you to speak to our fans who are already there, and hopefully we can bring more fans along the way. Smart. That's his stance. That's smart. And that's just not what's happened with the X-Men movies. Because if, if you do it right, the people will come. Right. Yeah, Yeah. That, that's why I think... Um, it's honestly why I think First Class is largely successful. It's because it, it does that. It, it says, here are the X-Men. Here are the characters I'm, I'm doing. For all the film's fault, I do think that that film, I don't think, I think what you're saying about the, the powers being the characterizations, I don't think that's that's the case in, in, in First Class for the most part. I don't. Uh, sometimes it is, and, but mostly I don't think it is. Uh, because they said, it's the, De- it's the Deadpool thing. We're not going to make Deadpool appeal to a wider audience. We're just going to put Deadpool on the screen and people come, people come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think first class's most guilty sins, in my opinion, are the the way that it rushes to its ending, and I don't mean just like to the end of the film, but to an ending of like these characters' arcs, rather than allowing room for them to be explored further in future films and forcing like these new decisions to have to be made. Like, oh, we gotta go around all these ways to make Eric here, but then make him bad again because he's already yeah, bad. And also, I'm like, he could have just not been bad yet. I also think the choice of characters in first class is really odd because again, most of them are either bad or dead by the end. 
and right. it's just Beast and Mystique, mm-hmm. who aren't who only one of them is an actual original X Men. Right. And I'm saying like you'd have to that you couldn't do Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix because if you're going to introduce Cyclops in the '60s, that'd be a drastically different character now. Sure. But if you're going to do First Class, do First Class. Don't yeah. do First Class and then kill off your entire First Class. Sure. That goes back to what I think. You know, they, the whatever the next movie was going to be, I think a lot of those characters are going to come back. But I mean, even in that film, we lose Darwin, who like it's a it's a cool death in the fact that Shaw like absorbs that energy and then just pushes it redirects it to him right yeah. through his mouth. Neat. Uh, but I didn't need Darwin to die that soon. Yeah. Um, I didn't need it. It. it yeah, a lot of the bad guys uh, get like forced decisions put on them pretty much everybody who does who isn't kevin bacon kind of just is is nothing kevin when, bacon remember, that's the name i've been trying to think of all day when, is when it whirl, tornado whirlwind man. yeah when whirlwind. tornado i forgot man. that guy was in this movie whirlwind that's because he never talks and has no character because his <sighs> yeah. character is his power um, even in the good x-men movies there's the characters the same can be show said up of, they, yeah. the same can be said of azazel yeah i mean like that's it is a rampant problem across pretty much all of them except maybe x-men one yeah uh, honestly, yeah, actually, is yeah. is that you have just like they just shove Colossus out next to, but that he's not really a character. Kitty Pride is present, but not really a character till they cast Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's an issue, um, yeah. and uh, and I that the other part of it. This is something we also didn't talk about on air. Is a, uh, something I'm starting to maybe notice might be true about Matthew Vaughn films is uh, that he has a problem with the way he frames sexism. Uh, especially like in the basis of that it's supposed to be villains who are saying sex to them, and that's like, that's okay because it's the bad guys. You're not supposed to like that they're saying it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still kind of like being played for jokes or or intent in a way where it like, would appeal to people who believe that that's good or funny. And you mentioned, I don't think you mentioned the Rose Byrne thing. You were like, oh, women shouldn't be working in the CIA. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. we're supposed to laugh at that. We're supposed to notice his sexism being like bad and funny. But right. It's still in the movie. And And I'm <laughs> thinking back to like, the way that he handled, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but Brandon, you're going to know it in Kingsman Lancelot. Two. Thank you. Uh, the way that he handled that's her tr- right out, I'm like, mistake. that's that's a real big sexist move, honestly. Uh, so, yikes! In first class, what's what's oh, and the Pixie? and the whole is her thing, name Pixie? What's the whole, her name? The 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 winged spitter. The one with it's the angel. Bu- it's, it's angel. A, it's angel. Oh, they call her, her name angel? is Angel. They call yeah. Angel. Why? Uh, yeah. Same thing, like that. She's that's not her in, in the same scene that Darwin is killed. She's moved to the other side, and you have a whole bunch of white people. That's also also not a good look. Yeah. I was just remembering, like also in Kingsman two, that's the one where like, oh yeah, he's gonna have troubles with his girlfriend because he's got to put the thing inside of her vagina. Yikes! Um, <laughs> so the word vagina is yeah. funny. Ah, uh, oh, you laughed, but, didn't you? But X Men. <laughs> X-Men First Class, I think, works at its best when it's specifically focused on Eric and Charles because they're allowed to actually have their characters have an arcs throughout mm-hmm. the film and grow. Even arguably Raven to an extent, though I think it's undercut towards the end of the film and they don't flesh out enough like why she ultimately decides to go with Eric at the end, except for the fact that like Beast really recklessly messes up with her in a way that feels like contrived writing rather than something sincere because it's the whole... Is that the... Oh, you're... The, 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 that's the part where he comes in with the cure for her, and he's yes. like, "Uh, well, you're beautiful now." When she's changed into Jennifer Lawrence, and he's implying that she isn't beautiful when she's blue, and it's like, "Wow, you really messed that up, bro." Considering what you look like, my man. Oh, and then later on, Dark Phoenix, when oh, she's like getting a little more comfortable as as a blue mystique, but then while the kids show up, she changes back to Jennifer Lawrence. It's never addressed. Um, yeah. Yes, her name, by the way, in the comics is Angel. It's Angel? Mm-hmm. There's two angels? So in the Who's comic, Pixie? So her name is Angel Salvador. Okay. Uh, that's her name. Her alias, according to Marvel's, you know, Pedia yeah. page, whatever they call them these days, uh, her aliases have been Angel, Tempest, and MSA. 
Weird. Okay. So yeah. So she is actually sure. angel. Um, so why, again, why have a second angel in a movie when there's thousands of mutants? Is my problem. Is yeah. my thing. That's what I'm saying. Uh, if I could change one thing about like the the films going from first class all the way to Dark Phoenix, that section of films, I would at least make the uh, decisions and character arcs of Beast and Mystique consistent, because they're not. It's unclear exactly where Beast is supposed to stand on his own physical appearance and where he's gone in accepting it or not accepting it. Uh-huh. And that's super problematic in the sense that like after first class, he just should have been stuck at being blue. And it could have been a whole thing where he's not happy about it and then he comes to terms with it or whatever. Yeah. But um, he, that is so wildly, unfortunately, inconsistent because it could be a strong through line and it just isn't. And again, like the timelines are messed up and stuff, but like I... I, I don't I can't buy that this mystique is a mystique from the original X Men movies. It's impossible for me to believe that. Sure. Because the history of these characters have, like, again, they made the first X Men movie before any of these movies, obviously. So yeah, yeah. when Charles is like, his name is Magneto, and he we I've been fighting him for centuries for decades, and it's like it's very like for centuries is a very different. Movie. You know, yeah. what I, it's like it's very exposition. Like they don't know who each other are. I met Eric when I was seventeen. Yeah, and like it's very just he like, helped me build Cerebro. It, it like. I don't. It's so. It's so different. It's so weird when we have all the movies that come after that's supposed to build to this yeah. moment, and, but the movie itself didn't build anything. It's sure. like this is Magneto. He's the bad guy. We don't have a history. Like a hundred percent. It makes it so much more confusing the further we get from it. Uh, yeah. I was also going to point out. Although I really like the scene, the first scene they have together, when Xavier and, Magne- and Magneto meet in, in the UN. In the UN, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I really think that's a yeah. good scene. I was also going to point this out to you because I told Ryan about this. Uh, when I was watching Days of Future Past, I realized something that if Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix had built up an actual arc intentionally, because this is where I do blame them and compare them to the MCU, that I'm like, you knew. You knew you were going for some sequels. If you knew, you, you should have... You had the you had the tools. This is the late 2010s. You could have been, like the... been planning ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Charles knows Gene becomes the Phoenix at the end of Days of Future Past because he looks into Logan's future. And if Charles, through Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, had been actively trying to do things to suppress Gene through Apocalypse that we were aware of and saw, that would have created a real interesting arc. That would have been a cool through line to see. Charles trying to prevent something he wasn't supposed to see, that would have been great. But they didn't go for that either. And again, I think that's where like handing off issue five to the next creator to do issue six on his own. Yeah. Like, hey, Simon Kinberg, uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Good luck. I sure. O- I always kind of felt like with Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, uh, First Class, Days of Future Past doesn't feel like it exists, if that makes sense. Like, there's never any reference to it. In the sense oh, of yeah. Wolverine was there, or I saw my future self, like the event. It's of, like the weird event movie for the X Men. Yeah, it's like the the event of the they almost killed Nixon. That's there, but it's not. It doesn't matter. The, the rest of the movie didn't matter to the franchise, and I always found that was strange. What would have been fascinating, because I really don't like what they do with Magneto in the end of Days of Future Past anyway, is if they'd wound up getting to this place where they were like, you know, we were able to unite and do something good to like pre- prevent a horrible future. What if like we found a way to work on that? And Apocalypse had actually been a time where Eric is trying that with Charles and the X-Men, and it falls through in Apocalypse. But that would have been cool to see, and that's where Eric goes and like, you know what, I'm just going to go make an and island. And what's a beautiful... That what they try to do in the movie is that most of the time I don't think works. In the comics, you have decades to have Magneto do an ebb and flow of him being a good guy and a bad guy. Hundred percent. Right? You have the dozens of issues, but from movie to movie, he's a good guy and a bad guy in the same movie every single time, basically. And yes. I'm like, it's 
it's too much. It it's is. too much for any person to believe that yeah. he would, that he's this person. Uh, my my biggest thing. This is why X Men First Class's ending bothered me so much. Is that I'm like, there has to be more to this uh, relationship between Charles and Eric. If you're telling me this takes place before X Men, because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen did an excellent scene when they were first introduced, where they are talking to each other like these long time lifelong friends. Yep. And you can't convince me that they got that close in two weeks. Yeah. Sorry, First Class is not enough. So you got to give me more, and they've everything after that just doesn't do enough to do it. Again, it's it's a weird thing where once you start Sorry. making prequels, but then also like rewriting the timeline after Days of Future Past, like it just it becomes so muddled and so crazy. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you almost have to just watch these movies one by one. You can't take it as a whole because as a whole, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's something I actually came to terms with a long time ago, and yeah. never. I so my whole thing about the about the timeline. Um, whenever people say it doesn't make sense, like yeah, but. Who cares anymore? Like, well, I used like to. For, for me, like, I stopped caring about Apocalypse, yeah. to be fair, because if I did, it just became way more disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, Apocalypse and, and Apocalypse was disappointing in its own right. But I, I just kind of looked at it like, this is a movie. This is a movie. This is a movie. Yeah. Like, I, I can't look at it. Became too much to look at as a franchise because it just didn't work. Because there was nobody there doing that. Yeah. Um, nobody guiding the ship. I know me personally. Like I prefer to think of Logan as a a total different branch timeline. That's just a standalone. In my my opinion, it follows the events of the Wolverine, but in a version where they didn't have to do Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. And if that post credit scene never happened, it just moved forward. That's where it fits for me. Yeah. But even then, it has its own issues. But it at least makes some physical sense to me. Guys, we haven't talked about our favorite X Men movie. It came out in April of 2017. New Mutants. How do we miss that one? Right. It came out before Dark Phoenix. How did we miss it? Yeah, Inhumans and Justice League Part 2 also came out this year, so go screw yourself. <laughs> Jeez Louise. That movie came out before Dark Phoenix was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh I just wanted God. to bring up New Mutants because that's hilarious. Oh we'll, still, we'll still get it. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. For better or worse. Could be good. Watch I, it be the best. One of the, it's like someone said to me, um, yeah, they keep threatening that New Mutants. They're like, yeah, threatening is actually a really <laughs> yeah. good way to put it. You're getting it. <laughs> You're going to get it. You wait. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it's kind of true. Um, yeah, overall, like, I, this has been largely a lot of, like, the cons and negativities uh, uh, that have come from this franchise. But it's not, it's not to say that there aren't things that show through. There's just a whole lot of, like... I think there was a lot of room because X-Men was the film that kicked off the comic book superhero film, and I can I can grant it some leniencies in some of the earlier renditions. In the for first sure. half of it, I can, but for I can't sure. afterwards. But then at a certain point, it's like you needed to step up your game and recognize what you were doing and be more true to these characters. The fact that the MCU did birth around the time that X-Men First Class was happening, it, it, you kind of run out of excuses for like why the studio decided to just like not take advantage of everything they had at their... Uh, at access to Wolverine Origins they could have. and onward is where I would say the studio interference got real like got started like started in, in earnest. I would I would one hundred percent agree. And the unfortunate thing is that behind all that nobody stepped in to be some kind of oversight, some guiding hand to say this is this is the path. If you want to make Get a bunch of movies, this is how you can guide things. You know what, Alex Kurtzman? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I threw up a little bit in my mouth. No, I'm cool. But, I'm surprised you're the one who said that. But I mean, nobody. Like, it's you, we say, like, you know, Brian Singer came back and everything, but Brian Singer still it wasn't running anything consistent from one film to the next because he did Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, and there's things hanging at the end of Days of Future Past that he never does anything with in Apocalypse. Let's not even talk about 
like the end of Future Past with like the Meg, with the with the Mystique and Wolverine. But like, that's like one hundred percent part of it. I don't. All of these movies. So so a lot of these movies end with some kind of tease of the potential of a future. Nathaniel and almost, Essex. And almost none of them pay off on it. The end of First Class is Magneto in his full blown comic getup, and I'm like, if you're gonna rush this, at least give me something cool. But you eliminate all the characters he went off with off screen except for Mystique. Which is the Nathaniel Essex like with the briefcase? The one. Wolverine. That's the Wolverine. Holy crap. No, the no, apocalypse. That's, that's apocalypse. apocalypse. That apocalypse? That's they, apocalypse. They still They don't do they didn't do anything and then we got Dark Phoenix and they still didn't do anything. Th- the rumors were that uh Nathaniel Essex was in Dark Phoenix but they cut it they cut it out. Uh so all the I setup bl- I believe they cut it out probably at the script stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh which is I I guess a good idea. But that's what's that's what's so weird don't is set it's it like up. <laughs> exactly. If you're not going to follow through on this if you are becoming notorious for not following through on things don't don't leave these teases that go nowhere. That's what that's what I was saying earlier with how the X Men films gave me something that I was looking forward to and then disappointed me. Yeah. The same with the costumes and then the same with the because yeah I was I was trying to remember is like cause at the end of uh, first class McNeil shows up comic accurate costume I thought it was great he's busting him a kind of goofy but yeah but yeah but he was still yeah. busting him a frost out of prison but it looks sixties as as f so I was okay with it and mm-hmm. nothing. We got yeah. nothing. And, again, and also, this damn his. Okay, you know what really pisses me off about the newer X Men films? The Magneto's damn helmet. Yeah, it keeps getting destroyed, misplaced. How the hell does he get it? I don't think it's ever been misplaced. To be well, fair, I don't think Magneto's ever been like, "Where's my helmet?" Emma, yeah. where's my helmet? So he gets it from Shaw. Cool. It was taken when he was arrested for Kennedy. Cool. And then gone in freaking Apocalypse. Apocalypse makes him a new one, and then all of a sudden in Dark Phoenix, he's had it all the whole time. Is it not the same one from Apocalypse? No, sure it's, it's, Apocalypse. it's not from Apocalypse. I guarantee you it's not from Apocalypse. You've recently watched Apocalypse and you know this? When I was tr- the last time we watched Apocalypse? <laughs> it's been a few years. Oh, no. I know for some reason designs like that stupid thing, I have... Uh, like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm having a hard time believing it. You can't be this it's, sure it's, for a movie you, you haven't seen. It's sure. definitely not the same one from Apocalypse. Okay, that's fine. It's definitely not. Uh, the problem, uh, we talk about, like again, setting up. Like This is, again, if this was pre-MCU, I'd be a little... A little more uh, okay with it, but and now some of them are, yeah. and now it's post MCU, and specifically, uh, 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 which Apocalypse had the Nathaniel Essex zone, right? We are past Avengers. We are in like Iron Man three. We are past this. Like post credit scenes are set up things, and every time the Marvel, every time Marvel does it, they 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 do the setup in the next movie. That's what Marvel does. They're great at it. How does X Men continue to do this after it's been proven how you do it? Like, man, it just bums me out. I, and another thing is that they'll run rampant through, like, just deciding to, like, toss out new characters. And I do mean, like, just, like, toss them out. And it's like, hey, they that, they look cool. Use their power. Put them there. And then not explore them and then toss them away for, for the next film. Toad could have come back in X2 or X3. Psy- Psylocke is, like, a waste. I would have rather had Toad oh. and Sabretooth back, even by different actors if need be, in X-Men 3 than all of the leather-wearing... That would have been dope. ...tattooed new dudes who meant oh, nothing. You didn't We're love- bad because we wear leather and have tattoos. Do you remember the guy in X3 other. that fights Wolverine and th- he throws a punch and Wolverine cuts his arm off and his arm goes back and Wolverine and then he punches Wolverine again he cuts his arm off uh-huh. and he's like, come on, Wolverine! And then he kicks him Thank in the nuts. Thank you for bringing that up. So that's another Stupid. thing. If you watch X-Men to X-Men 3 in a row, you see a sudden hard humor tonal shift in X-Men 3 that does not work. Brett Ratner. Yeah. Um, Ben's right. The helmet is different in... Cool. Uh, in uh, Apocalypse 2, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So that's another thing that's unexplained then? Yep. Yeah. Cool. What, what it's Once again, it's... Okay, so like Ryan said, the, the films after Future Class, or 
No, first class. class, you're right. Days of Future <laughs> Class. <laughs> That's a title. Days, oh. of fu- days of First Past. <laughs> oh, days of Future Class. Dark is Apocalypse. Cool. Is a c- ooh. Uh, here we go. Dark cool. Apocalypse. Uh, had the snowball begins. These are cool. Do you guys remember where the F-bomb is in Apocalypse? Unfortunately. Yes, it's awful. Wait, 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 wait. Remind me. What in the Apoca fuck? Really? Mm-hmm. Who says that? Who said? I don't remember this. Who says no, this? Isn't, isn't it Scott? And he says, oh, an apocalypse. An apocalypse. No, not, not oh. the I'm going to effing kill you. No. No, no I don't It's what in the apoca F word. But who says it? Uh, Angel. <laughs> the new Warren. Oh, you mean the drunk cage fighting Warren? Yes. The oh. drunk cage oh. Metallica. On that, I think we should wrap this up. Hey guys, uh, read pa- uh, House of X and Powers of X when they come out. Have although, best F-bomb comes from Wolverine. When uh, best F bomb does come from Wolverine, yeah. So maybe class. the best, the best cameo, maybe. Uh, yeah, like, definitely the best cameo because they show up and they're like, "Hey, it's because oh, it was you know marketed what? as a movie without Wolverine." Yeah, and I was really like, "Okay, I could dig, I could dig this because it's like the first class, it's the first X Men." And then they sit down. I was like, "I'm Charles, Gale. I'm Eric Leshner. Go f yourself." I okay, don't, I beautiful. don't think I don't think uh, Wolverine's cameo in Apocalypse works at all. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think it works. Yeah, Even we didn't we didn't really talk about that. The outfit there, is yeah, cool. Yeah. It is. It is. It yeah, is super cool. cool yeah. But I think that's the only good thing I can say about especially it. Especially having Hugh Jackman there becomes creepy that he's with Jean Grey in that in that moment. Yes, because she's a teenager, and it, it doesn't. The, there's no reason. There's no story reason why they should be in alkali, alkali Lake. There's just it serves no purpose. No. Uh, yeah. We'll run down uh, to our end real soon. I'm just gonna quickly scroll through, and I'm gonna pick out some positives that I did take notes on. So here we go. Okay. Um, the introduction of Wolverine in the original X-Men film is pretty cool. Could you imagine a film where that was just cameo setup for a sequel and that was all you saw of Logan in that movie? That'd be How cool. crazy would that be? Uh, feels like something we could get today. Okay. Um, bu- 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 the uh, score is appropriately weird in 90s and I enjoy it. Mystique's, Mystique's theme is awesome. It's like, wow, 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 Yes, wow, wow. exactly. Oh, and uh, like X-Men 1? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Ian McKellen is just too effing good for these movies, even in the bad ones. Yes, uh, that's just true. Um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I really like the scene where Logan stabs Rogue in his sleep. Yeah, that's a good scene. Yeah, that's a too. really good scene. Oh, uh, that, the yeah, Magneto. Oh my god, I love this one. Magneto's hideout in X Men One gives me mad Batman and Robin vibes. Yeah, yeah. The whole film actually feels like the next step in comic book movie evolution from the later Batman films. <laughs> when if, I put it through that, if lens. you track, if you track from the Batman films. Through the Burton to Schumacher to Blade to X Men, it really makes sense. Really does make sense. Um, Charles it. doesn't know how Eric is shielding himself from Cerebro, but Eric, but he should because uh, Eric helped him build it again. Mm-hmm. Things like that they should uh, yeah, know uh, each other for yeah. fifty years. Oh, the entire scene with Magneto standoff with the police with the guns is one of the best scenes in comic book movies. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe that was the first movie too. With the with the bullet just like with, the, with him holding all head. the guns and the bullets there, and he's like, I can't stop them all, Charles. Yeah, also, okay. the guy with who's the because we found it's the guy the guy who has the bullet on his head where he's just like ah, that's Captain Singh from, from Flash. Flash yeah it's awesome I never oh, re- weird 20 yes. years earlier he looks uh-huh. the same yeah, yeah. Uh, this sorry, it's a negative. Um, it's about <laughs> it's about origins Wolverine. Uh, there the cinematography is slow, sloppy. I can't even understand it. Like there's just uh, z- random zooms, <laughs> like the shot of Zero shooting a cigar and then slowly zooming in on Logan constantly. Hey, I don't even understand. X Men Origins Wolverine is the only time where they ever use CGI claws and it's real bad. And they look really bad. That was another note I was gonna say. Oh okay, my god, I'm not gonna bad. talk anymore about that movie. Oh yes, I am. One more. Um, <laughs> How stupid! I, I mentioned it in the car, but how stupid is it that they decided to, to split Emma Frost into two separate characters, her telepathy power and her diamond skin, into two sisters? Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? Yes. Could they be? Oh, that's could what. They, oh, that's dumb. Could they be Emma's 
daughters. They're not the Stepford Cuckoos who are clones of Emma Frost. You mean, but They're then, not. yeah, no, it's, uh, okay. And that's weird because, uh, so, Apoc- so First Class and Origins were, were developed around the same time. So Emma Frost, so they knew Emma Frost was going to be in both those movies. Uh, a regular looking Hank McCoy showed up in a bar scene in X2. Yeah, yes, he did. he does. Super weird. I love it. Kelsey Grammer? No, no, no oh. it's it's just like us, like a, in the TV in the background. He's secretary of something. He's a secretary. Uh, Eric Mutant pulling affairs. Eric pulling the iron out of the guard's blood is one of the best things in that movie. Yeah, and I, I still love it. Love, yeah. I love the breakout scene in X two. X two is great. Uh, Bobby's family is underexplored in their issues with mutants, specifically his brother who decides to call the cops. Yeah, he's just grumpy. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Screw you, brother. I can't, have you tried uh, not being a mutant? It's uh, also praising X two uh, the moment when Logan has to kill the girl with adamantium and her real self returns because she was being controlled sucks. In, that in is some one? sad X two. Oh yeah, Lady Deathstrike. Yes, because Deathstrike. Uh, because she was being controlled and in that last moment you see her real self return as yeah. she's having adamantium pulse outside of her. Oh, I yeah. remember. Oh, that scene is brutal. Lady Deathstrike is so uh, cool. Eric Eric pulling all the pins out of the grenades from all the dudes around the corner and letting them all blow up. That's pretty nuts. Um, X2 is a great movie. I do like the come around on the kid with the fork ton sticking it out at Stryker at the end of the film yeah. after he'd used it for a joke in the earlier film. Good filmmaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, chilling how he tells Wolverine that one day someone will finish what he started. Cut to Logan. Logan. Oh. Uh, Logan. Yep. Uh, I have nothing positive to say about X3. No one does. Well, I, I, I said I said nothing, nothing that we didn't already say. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that we didn't already go through. Um, I think. Oh, I, I I didn't mention this earlier. Uh, Jamie Madrix, the multiple man. Uh, the oh, one yes. scene that he is he's in where he pretends to be a hundred people to fool the cops. I think that's cool. Uh, I really love the power of Logan's entire moment with the bear, and then following up with the guys in the bar. This is yeah. The Wolverine. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Wolverine yeah. starts um, hella strong. Especially, I just love where he like just buries the arrow in his hand. He's like, "Ask me where I got it. Go on, ask me where I got it. Where'd you get? Funny you should ask." Yeah. Uh, the implication yeah, like that a lot. the implication that Logan is seeking an honorable death and an end to his pain is really great. Uh, I really find the offer to let him live out an ordinary life intriguing. The Wolverine is the best uh, wo- version of Wolverine from the comics. Yeah, the way that they carry over all of uh, his pain over Gene really works in the film, which is surprising considering how little you care about it prior to that point. All right, I know you guys don't like the Silver Samurai, but I really dig the design. I like the Silver Samurai. Oh, you do? All right, cool. But I really, really dig the design. I don't think anybody shit on the Silver Samurai today, Ben. I don't Liked like. It. Well, I know you shit Liked on it, it before. I don't like the third act because I, I like it devolves sure. into what I see. I, every, yeah. I like the third act. Yeah, uh, I, for me, the third act works. Um, I just like the design. I like robot. I, I like robots like that. I so I thought a, it was cool. I think it's actually really interesting if you watch the Wolverine and Logan back to back. They're pretty much the same movie. That's yeah. That's one of the reasons why, in my mind, you have to go from that and just skip Days of Future Past sure. and go to Logan. I think that they they work too well as a pair. Yeah. They they uh, they have a very similar story structure and. Uh, the thematic structure. Um, they're both about trying to get a girl across a country. Yes. Uh, they both have Wolverine with with little to no healing factor. Yes. Uh, it's very interesting watching those two together. It really is. Uh, all the action starting at the funeral is so visually engaging and a blast to watch every time. Especially when he's drugged. Uh, yes. And uh, the film has a good sense of humor and how it wields it, like Logan tossing the guy into a pole and Yoriko asking how he knew it was there because he didn't. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, and his entire fight in the snow later is also excellent. Hell yeah, up to the tower. Ninjas. I really so <laughs> the uh, I think this is in the extended cut of the Wolverine. Unrated. Um, where he's on the he's on the oil tanker and he's just like, "Hey, 
ninjas and he's just like lighting a cigar and he just drops the cigar into the tanker and rides the explosion and it's yeah. so cool that's not in the original movie i don't think so wow i, I could be misremembering yeah um, some of the best cinematography of the franchise exists in X-Men First Class. Uh, this is set up in, like, Matthew Vaughn knows how to do some great shots, and some of these oh, are yeah. like uh, Eric, whenever he's threatening Nazis, there's just really great framing of uh, his face reflecting on other things while he's facing them, and you're just watching their reactions. Really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that scene in the bar a lot. I know, I know. Oh, in Argentina? Mike wasn't, yeah. wasn't super heavy, uh, hot on, like, Magneto Nazi Hunter. I am <laughs> super. I'm super oh, high. Super no, 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 no. no that. That's not what he was saying. Yeah. What Mike was saying is What's that saying? he does like that. He just wishes that it wasn't then undercut by all the other crap things that okay. were happening with the other characters. Gotcha. Okay, my bad. Okay. Props um, to Michael Fassbender because he speaks three, la- no, four languages in that movie. Uh, very often, even though he is a mishandled character pretty much throughout the entire franchise, Eric Lencher is probably one of the better characters out, like in all of the films. No, hundred percent. He's in. That he's the only one given real proper meat. Um. E- the Hellfire Club gets teased and they do nothing with it. Wee! Big. When, when does Hellfire get club? first class? Oh, first that's class. right. Yep, I remember now. I remember. Um, they destroyed all the Hellfire Club when they killed Kevin Bacon, obviously. I mm. really like that there's a CIA guy who's just like, oh man, I'm real excited to have found mutants. Here you go, guys. Come oh, use my facility. Oliver Platt doesn't have a name in that movie. No, he doesn't. That's how do you make a movie and not give a character a name? Yeah. It's not like he's like Mr. Nobody from like a, a, a secret organization. I'm sure the script has a name for him, but yeah. probably <laughs> but never it, says it. They in never the movie. say it in the movie, and I'm like, I don't know what to call him. Well, they also never say um, Jessica Chastain's name in the in I, Dark Phoenix. They, they, they say Vuk. 100%. Uh, they say Vuk. 100%. Oh, they do. They say it multiple times. Another thing that bothered me in first class, uh, just a little one, is that I'm disappointed in Charles for being disappointed in the teenagers for acting like teenagers for the first time that they're around other people like them. Kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, the score is excellent. Hell yeah. Oh, one of my favorite lines in first class is this one, and it's uh, from Zoe Kravitz. It's, I'd rather a bunch of guys stare at me with their clothes off, with my clothes off, than the way these guys stare at me. Yeah. It's one of my favorite lines. Another yeah. one of my favorite lines from the franchise comes from X3, actually, and it's Eric, and he says, oh, I, pro- I promise you, I have a mark as well, and no needle will ever touch my skin again. Yeah, it's And good. that's a great line. Oh, is it? It's actually in X-Men or- uh, Origins. It's a really great line. It's, it's like... It's something about America. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Some of the stuff. He's like, I'm Canadian. It's like the one time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one time it's I laughed a, in no, that it's movie. A, it's your um, American duty. No, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's your, oh, oh, yeah. He's saying something that's like, your country needs you because he's American. And he's like, I'm Canadian. Drives exactly. away. I thought I got to laugh out of that. Uh, just, this is mostly for Ryan. Ray Wise has a little role in first class, and it's awesome. He does. Good yeah, old does. Leland Palmer. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, he's the I president? talked about... No, he's just like a. The, he's not the president. He's just like a guy he's in there, the like, war room okay, who's yeah, like yeah. leading it. Yeah, got it. Um, the multi-panel shots is also some excellent cinematography. Again, going back to that Charles actually teaching the students moment, which I hope that future X Men films actually allow them to teach the, the kids. The montage scene in X First Class is good. Um, Fastbender is so good in this movie. He has the scene with the mom uh, where he's seeing the candles that Charles gives to him, and he reveals he didn't know he still had it. God, that stuff. That's the stuff that really gets me in that movie. Um, there's the, do you have the, the, um, what's it called? The satellite moving thing? That that was that section right there where he's seeing the, he does that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, Um, I really like the scene because, uh, Charles starts crying because he's seeing what, uh, yeah. And and Eric's, but he has to wipe away his tears and like, that's really beautiful. But I'm so impressed with how they hold that shot on Eric while they're showing. Also, X-Men first class has probably the best visual, like camera wise use of showing people with telepathy powers Mm -hmm. that I think any of the films had. Would you agree with that, Brandon? You didn't listen, did you? Not to that point. I'm okay. sorry. I was saying that I think First Class has the best use of visual camera language for telepathy powers. 
the way that they'll blend things over other characters and you'll see them reacting to it. I really like Matthew Vaughn's directing style. His shooting style um, is really intriguing. And I, I, yeah, the first class works for me a lot of the reason because of his directing style. Uh, Also, I think it's, I do think it is a great moment when Charles feels Eric killing Shaw. That's an awesome scene. Yeah. That's a, with the coin going through the head. That's, that's great. so good. That's yeah. so cool. Um, I like that. I like that scene a lot. And that's uh, when that's when Magneto starts to go Irish for a second. Aye, aye, aye. I can feel your guns moving <laughs> in the water. And uh, what one, are you doing? One other positive from Days of Future Past that I didn't cover is uh, we definitely talked about it in the car, Ryan. It's uh, the one moment that I feel like Eric and Charles are actually given to flesh anything out, and it doesn't get to happen enough in that movie. Oh, on the plane is on the plane when they're that's when, my favorite scene uh, in that movie. Uh, yeah. Charles is saying Eric abandoned them, and uh, Charles. Uh, Eric turns on him and says, "No, you abandoned us. Charles. You abandoned us all." And, and he's that's really good. He's staying put as the plane starts yes. turning. So yes. cool. Uh, that I wish there was more of that between the two of them in that film, but it's just it, the film doesn't allow for that. In that yeah, one. I do like how that. Converse- those are some positive notes. I do like how he starts that conversation where he brings the chessboard. It's like fancy a game, and and uh, Charles is like, "Screw you, no, no." And then he give, gives them plays chess. I really like all the scenes where they play chess. I think those are some of the best scenes in the whole franchise. My one of my favorite chess scenes is at the end of X Men One. Yep, and the begin and the next two is a good chess sequence. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles. I'm pretty burned out on the X Men. I don't think I need to talk about the X Men forever. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm about to start reading more X Men than I've ever read in my entire life. I'm so go- I can also going. gonna start reading more X Men. Did you pick up House of X today? I. Dude, I'm broke. I know. I know you'd like a while back wanted to like flesh out some Fox X Men stuff. I yeah. feel like now it has been fleshed out. Yes, and much like skinned we, and bared, and much <laughs> like we fleshed out the MCU, I never need to do it again. <laughs> right. When's the next Conjuring movie coming out? God damn. I know. I know you're. I know you're far more positive on this franchise, and I'm not trying to say like I'm nowhere near as hard uh, against all yeah. of it as as Mike is. And it, respect to his opinions and everything. Yeah. For sure. I'm glad that he was here with us. Um, but I, I wish I, I, I she could have stayed longer. I think what's far more far more interesting about it is just to look at like just how they got handled by the by the people behind it, by the studio, where the missteps were, and, and optimistically, I mean, it's Marvel Studios, so why are we? Why would we worry? But oh, I'm hopefully not. <laughs> where where they'll have learned the proper lessons uh, from mistakes made before. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Sorry about the dog. Hey, <laughs> That's all right. Dogs are cool. Um. Okay. So um, the next time we talk something to death will probably be Star Wars. Um. <laughs> yeah, you got you got five months for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. huh? <laughs> um, all right, so I guess that'll do it. Hell yeah. Um, thank you to everyone who. Oh my god, guys, the, uh, the X Men are dead now. The X Men are gone. This is like, I mean, like I, I'm very excited for like the future of with Marvel Disney, but like it's not often that like a long running franchise is finally dead. Yeah. Until New Mutants comes out, but that doesn't really count. And it's unfortunate that dead and then end. Yeah, it is dead. It, it it ended badly, and it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is. Uh, it, that's kind of how I've been feeling. I was like, "Yeah, the X Men franchise is gone," and yeah. I, I've been like, "Yeah, the, I I like a lot of those. I like a lot of the movies. Um, so I don't like some of them as a whole. The franchise is fine, mm-hmm. but there is something I feel really, and I and part of the reason why I wanted to flesh out these topics and talk about them sometimes is, you know, Dark Phoenix. Why I was so positive probably is because I I feel weird knowing that there was a franchise. That went for twenty years of my life and is now just because over. We are in a we are in a world where like everything gets rebooted. You know, we get a Top Gun sequel thirty years later. But like, X Men started at a weird time where like it was one of the first superhero movies. Mm-hmm. But it's just it just ran its course and now it's just it, it had was... a it had an actual like uh, uh like a like an eighty year lifespan. Yeah. It wasn't cut short. It lived its life. Yeah, it was one of the first. 
arguably super lived longer than it should have. Yeah, yeah. but, but <laughs> X Men was also one of the first really critically acclaimed superhero yeah. films. That first yeah. one was loved. Because I remember like people were loving, were talking big about Batman. They were talking big. They were like, oh my god, um, we have we like uh, when Batman Returns was coming out, people were like, oh my god, we have another good Batman movie. Then Forever and Ret- and Batman Robin came out, and then they're like, okay, well, comic book movies suck. And then we got X Men in that, and then we got Spider Man, and then it's like, well, Blade. holy shit! Don't, oh, people, I, for, I was, often forget about Blade. I'm talking about like the kid friendly ones where take the whole family to see. Blade, um, Blade is a weird, its own weird thing. Like if Blade never came out, like the Marvel trajectory would probably still be the same because of X Men. Sure. Um, yeah, I, it, it's a weird thing. I I kind of liken it to a little bit like Harry Potter, um, but Harry mm. Potter had a larger impact on my life than the X Men films for do. sure. Definitely. Um, but it is it is kind of. Strange. Also, that that isn't done. So, Not yeah, anymore. we're getting worse movies. <laughs> it's done for you. It's done for me. Hell yeah. It might as well be done. No, it's done for me too. I'm just, I'm burnt out on Harry Potter. I definitely can't go see another one in theaters <laughs> after that. I'll tell you what. I was thinking about this. Uh, if if we reviewed all five films and the Fantastic Beasts franchise, it would be the only franchise that would have started and ended in the entire time we've done the show. Oh, I mean, okay. so far, so, so far. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. So, I uh, do it. No, there's that. Maybe, maybe one of them will be really good. Isn't that? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm not going to ask it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, yes. So, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone let's else take have a, any, any final thoughts on the thoughts? I'm ready to exit this conversation. Exit. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much done here. This was really fun, though. I'm really glad because, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't think I said it on air, but uh, I know we talked about it on the car. Uh, Last Stand did make me uh, feel like I was a little hard on Dark Phoenix because, wow, Last Stand is real bad. Yeah. Last Stand is really bad. Dark Phoenix yeah. at least lets Gene have a character. Yeah. It might not be the best character. It might not be as fleshed out as I want it to be. It certainly is still a lackluster film. But, man, is it's it It's not better, the Last Stand. <laughs> but it's not the Last Stand. Yeah. Last Stand sucks. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Um, goodbye, X-Men, I guess. Until until so we meet again. a couple more do years. Do we want to rank them? No, no. Let's not do that. It's just going to make us sad. For that. No, we're not. <laughs> um, but at least we got the comics. House of X just came out. Oh my God, yes, that's great. So yeah, goodbye the X Men. Until we meet again in the, in the MCU. Um, until your new gods arrive. <laughs> I uh, you know say so next uh, next week. Let's look forward to our boys episode, uh, our boys. Hobbs and Shaw special, sure. and obviously we have the Mike's Impossible Trivia Challenge that is on air right now. If you're <laughs> listening to this. Um, so definitely check that one out and uh, thank you to everyone who listens thank you to Mike Matola who couldn't be here for the rest of the episode but thank you so much for sticking around and doing this with us um, you're the best it was really great to have him on both episodes uh, yeah love that, that was guy. really awesome um, for some fun check out the next Impossible Trivia Challenge uh, thank you to everyone who listens we greatly appreciate it um, if I figured it out and you're listening to this on our Patreon thanks thank you I mean you know I Either I didn't figure it out or you guys didn't pledge. So, yeah. But either way. <laughs> hey, pledge just pledged. Either pledge way. Pledge just pledged. <laughs> either way, thank, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, we greatly appreciate all the listens we get. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci, who does our uh, intro musics and uh, segment intros and uh, outros. And he has a show. Does Jeremy love the X-Men? Mm, no. Okay. He likes them. What were you going to say? I... It, I'll bring it up later <laughs> because I, I, it's something that I realized we needed to say in the other episode oh, okay. Uh, okay. about Downright Nerdy Podcast because they gave us a pretty pretty nice shout Heck out. Heck yeah, they sure. did. Oh. Um, we did not 
thank them for it. Well, as of recording this, our other episode isn't even done re- being recorded. Look at so that. there you go. How does podcasting work? <laughs> We're all over the place. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. Does all of our things. He has a shirts up on T Public for our T Public. Link is in the description. Um, he has a show called Server and Proctologist. Thank you to, my, uh, to Mike Patola, who does our who did our logo for both this show and Miscellaneous. Um, and thank you again for for being on the show. Uh, greatly appreciate you finding Matt Mike Patola. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fakner Podcast, FakenerGuys at gmail.com. Uh, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? Ben Magnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan? DJ Tony Snark at everything. Sparks. Sparks Witty on Instagram, S P A R K Z Witter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and view wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys, stay Fakener. To me, my X Men. Dun 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 Like Homo Inferior. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Well, now I got to keep that in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to put that at the end. Fair enough. I've been doing that a lot with videos. <laughs>